How's it going, everybody? It's me, Ramses. I just wanted to say a few words before we start that, unfortunately, um, like this is like we're gonna have a discussion about the passing of Jason David Frank, and I understand his passing is a very hard topic for a lot of people, especially considering the circumstances of his passing. I would highly, highly recommend everybody to check out the show notes before you listen if you don't feel comfortable with this particular um, topic. We understand if, if you have no access to it, we understand that, um, if that if that kind of discussion is kind of hard for you and you want to skip this episode, we understand. So just wanted to give you a heads up that you know there's might be there might be some like discussion happening and like i said once this is all edited i won't know what time exactly on my notes especially with this intro so please consult the the show the the show notes itself that the show notes that you see like where the things are written up about to get to, to know when to skip it and don't want to be and don't feel comfortable with that kind of discussion we're going to have about his passing hopefully you enjoyed the episode <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Saturday Morning Squadron. I am your host Ramses, and per usual, I got here Rob. Greetings and salutations. Almost the end of 2022. I mean, hi. Well, you can say that. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's almost the end of it. So just to like the just to give you guys like a, an update as to like what what's been going on. I had like a really 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 the the had just the mother of all bad things happen to me. And I made some of those posts um, back a couple couple of days ago because I was given some information about someone, in my life not not being with us in like within hours when we when I started posting it. So I preemptively took uh, took the time to just say, look, we're, we're done. I need to like do do things, but somehow, like through like miracle a miracle itself, this person actually made it through. So you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm really happy that 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 all that all panned out. She, this, this person is not going to be the same person that they were, but she's still they're still with us, thankfully. And you know, I figured like, look, we have this one thing we already got we got done already. We got we have this thing that we already did with with with, uh, with Jay, so Jerry the Greek. I figured like we 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 should just slice that in with like a, a proper episode, just give a proper ending that we wanted to have. Any other plan? I think we're just gonna put it on hold and then just come back and reconvene like back in next in January. So yeah, that's, so yeah. after this episode, we're definitely gonna take a break and just definitely take like you know time we need to do what what to you know. So you're you've been working your ass off, you, Rob. So it's like I so like I'm gonna give you your time to like just do what you need to do. I've been working my ass off here. Like like if you've been listening following to Saint Seiya Cosmocast, it seems like almost every day there's been a new new a new news thing for Saint Seiya. So it's yeah. so it's 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 been it's been kind of it's, it's been crazy on my end as well. Also, that wasn't the other crazy like, thing that happened during the time since now and then. Uh, there was some other shit that was going on for a brief time that was making you bang your head on the wall for a time until it got sorted, involving a certain tumbling uh, website. But you know. Oh yeah, we gotta talk about that. Yeah. Um, well, I talked about this on the same time at Cosmocast, but I can talk about it here as well. Thank you for reminding me on this one. Um, Tumblr, due to an error on their end. 
they uh they 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 said they closed they they banned my website for like two days a lot of jerks it's all back it's everything everything's still intact everything's so it's everything's so good so you can go so go to saturdaymsquad.tumblr.com that's where every that's where you can find the episodes and see all our archive and see all like new like info about our hosts and everything so good but like i said for a brief period like i want to say like Repair like three weeks ago. They 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 brand they, they just banned the website and like when I got the response back, I just wanted, I wanted to, like I that, that's the closest I ever got to like just wanting to like just be angry. It's like it's one of those things where it's like yeah you got it fixed, but it's like one of those things where it's like you you, you got it fixed, but you did it too late. This could have been fixed in like an hour. Yeah. So yeah, and that that, that happened. That 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 happened in in the in in the meantime as well because it, 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 it it's just. I swear, like these last couple of days have been just a weird, like I don't know what to make of life right now. One of those things. It's not just like the stuff that we've been doing, but it's like the stuff outside of like, our personal lives. Like I'm looking at the World Cup, and, like I don't know what the fuck is going on in the World Cup. Like looking at all this stuff like that's happening there, and just like oh my god, what is going on? Like I'm having like I like I have honestly got an out of body experience. Like this is like something I don't believe that I'm that I'm looking at at any of this at all. Thinking of the World Cup, oh, oh yeah, Australia had a little bit of a run, but now they are uh, they are out, unfortunately. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, but like they made it farther. They fought it. They made it farther than anyone anybody thought. So I'll give them props for that. Yeah, like you're you're up against you're up against Argentina and you're up against you're up against Lionel Messi. You know what? To make it that far, consider, considering what your odds were at that time, that's really good. That's one of the things that's like that's not you're absolutely guys are no like Australia are no slouches at all. Yeah, at least in this at least in this at least in this World Cup they tried a bit, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. So it's like you know they they could they it, with a prop like but again they just got they just got the end of the, the other end of a stick because they ended up on a they ended up on a, in a group with a with um with Messi and like let's mm. you know when you're in, when you're in there you know you're you're um something 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 you know you're you know, like. Your your Astro elimination are going to be very strong at that point, you, especially since like right now he really wants that World Cup. You like he's got he's got every, every accolade in going to soccer. He's hungry for that. He's hungry for that that, that title that we put in. So it's like yeah, you're 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 with a very 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 hungry at Messi. So in 2026, if they when if they when they eventually make it, let's let's let's, let's be positive here. When they when they eventually make it. Um, I have good. I have good faith that they are gonna do. They are gonna do way better than they, than they are before. Mainly because I'm pretty sure they're gonna put him in like a more weaker. I hope they put him in a, in a weaker in, in a weaker group. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, some of the other matches, like some, I didn't think they would pull off against. Uh, what was it? Was it Denmark or Netherlands? They went. They they won I against. Them. I thought they would be. Yeah, and like I was surprised they won that one. It's like, oh, that was huh. They pulled off a little win because they just probably played slightly better than them somehow. I don't know what the. Also, too, it's like uh, it also helps to like a lot of what's going on too. It's like a lot of the players right now are not accustomed to to the to playing at this weather at this time. So you guys have the advantage of playing like at, at the at the kind of weather that you guys are more expected to play at this time. Like you know, you, it's it's for you guys. It's the middle of summer. Same thing in Qatar. So you guys, so you guys have a huge advantage actually, like not being able to be like gassed out as very easily as say United States or. Um, or you know Mexico or any other teams that's like it's like it's freezing cold around this time. Oh, true. Oh, the seasonal shit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but that's a that's a that's another discussion for sports ball when we when we eventually get to it. But all I gotta say is congratulations. You didn't get your ass kicked like like Mexico did. 
like like in Mexico did. As a matter of fact, you should be proud that you made you, that that Australia made it farther than Mexico. Wait, oh oh, I didn't. Oh, I'm kidding. I haven't kept up with all the matches. I just sort of keep in touch with some of the occasional games because yeah. in my household, there's three teams that are being rooted for: Portugal, England, Australia. So. All three of those teams, like two of those three teams, like they're 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 in really good standing. So let's just say every team that we we wanted here in this house gone. Mm-hmm. Germany's gone. Uh, Mexico's gone. Uh, oh, what's some other team that we're like rooting for? It's like they're gone too. We're like, all right, cool. Like we're we're now like all of us are now like all of us now are just gonna be like, what do we do now? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Apart from that side tangent of World Cup soccer um, thing, because next time we come back, it'll be well over anyway. But you know, yeah, now it'll be well over, but like the next one won't be until twenty twenty six. So we'll be so we'll be in our walkers, just like, hey, remember that time when we, you know that time with Messi, when you didn't win that World Cup? Oh, that was a good time. Good times. Yeah. Anyways, we so we thought we'd do a proper episode, you know, regardless. But well, unfortunately, we. Do have to have an obituary, and this is kind of a this is kind of a sad one to be honest. Like, I, if if the last one was really sad with Kevin Conway, this is even sadder. And content warning right now: there is going to be discussion of like suicide and like and and, and as such. So if this isn't feel if you're not comfortable with it, I'll try to put like a when I'm done editing, I'll put like a time marker on the the, the on the description so you guys can skip it because like I do understand that. Our audience will not feel comfortable t- uh, with this discussion about um, this frank discussion. Yeah, yeah, we didn't ask for this, but this is something that was really sad that happened at the same time. Still, so fuck. Yeah, it's really sad, especially considering the the, the circumstances about how it happened. Um, unfortunately, we had to talk about the passing of um, Jason David Frank. He was forty nine years old. Um, it was apparent suicide. Um, it's just really sad because you know he's touched the lives of so many people like in the in, in like within the, not only like their friends who worked with him but also like the fans as well you know he, he was just like he like there was like no one has said like a really bad thing about him at all oh and the thing is like he's a really polarizing character either you like i know i know i know i know i said that some people like really like them but i also understand too there's a lot there's a strong contingent of people who don't like him either but you know regardless you know, he he's done he's he's he was trying to do good. And it's sad because, you know, I was re- I was listening to an interview with him like about like five, six years ago on another podcast called No Pink Spandex. It's a lot longer than like eight or nine. And he mentioned that at an early age he was being like this is such a weird this is not like the term nowadays is just it, it's like it's so negative. This is still a very negative term, but it's not as it's it's as negative, but it's hard for me to, to use this term properly without putting it into a different context, if that makes sense. But he was groomed at an early age to be part of like the Hollywood system. And you know, when you're working in Hollywood and you don't have like a time you don't have time to like grow up and be in, and you know be a proper child and, and and then you're in it not only are in it when you're a child, but you're when you do that when you're a teenager and into your into your into your well into your adults, so you just have like, you know, Life becomes really a lot more difficult. And it's like when it's the only thing you only had in your life, you know, it beca- like I, you know, it just it just it's just really sad. And I when I when I was when I heard about this, going back to that interview, and it's just like kind of think to myself, it's like we didn't know, we, we 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 like we didn't know he was secretly like you know suffering because like when 
you don't have like the like when you don't have like the proper appropriate when you have the proper support system when in these situations, it it it's it, it's difficult. And there was at a t- and the worst part is it it came at a time when that kind of stuff was like in was was kind of like it was it was something that it was something that was that was done very very openly. And like then you had like and this is not the first actor that had this time thing had that this kind of thing happened. Um. Long time ago, we had also we had like uh, we had Corey Haim, who was also in that that same kind of like Hollywood system where only thing that where at, a, at such an early age he he was in Hollywood. That's the only thing he knew what to do, and it was starting to just do. They were starting to like create problems with him mentally, and just like Jason David Frank, he unfortunately took his own life as well. And I think at an early age, like around twenty nine, thirty, his mid or even at his mid thirties. But, but yeah, it's. It's just sad, just really sad, because you know when you when you put that when you put it in context about what what, what the life he's had, like, yeah, he you when on the outside he's had this incredible life, you know, touching all these all these touching all these people, you know, not just the people he's worked around, but also the people he's he's met, like and all that stuff. We don't know the kind of things he's he's kind of like he's he's held on to because of like the because of the lack of like you know having a proper you know. Uh, having a proper childhood and a proper like you know teenage time and all that stuff. So, um, any thoughts on, on all this, Rob? Uh, before I, before I touch on Jason David Frank's actual death itself, I'm gonna put something very a little bit personal forward, right? Very personal, in fact, actually. When I think about this, so let's see. In about when I was about age twenty four, I want to say, or twenty three, something like that. A good, a good many, 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 many years ago, I lost a friend, a former friend, not not a former friend, like a former a friend from schooling days and that kind of thing, like later school years and that kind of thing. One time when I was at work and that kind of thing, and one day I got a call from his brother out of the blue saying that, uh, oh, hey, your uh, friend's, um, he's killed himself. He took his own life. His dad found him in the garage, hung, kind of shit. So this is a occasional, sometimes slightly personal thing when I'm aware that, you know what, you can't always help or stop every single person that thinks about taking their lives and all this kind of shit. But sometimes it strikes, it strikes a small personal chord on occasions because it is one of those very dark, emotional, mental, fucked up places that the, that the human psyche or ever can go to sometimes. And sometimes in some cases that, that some people feel like, you know what, Things are too shit in my life, and all this kind of and all this kind of deal. I can't. Things can't get better. I can't improve all this stuff. I'm just going to go spinning my wheels all the time. All this kind of shit. It's not going to improve in any ways. And some people do think the only way out is just to end everything and all that. Unfortunately, in some cases, in Jason David Frank's case, I've heard that yeah, he was going for a flipping rough divorce. So yeah. And I mean, I remember seeing a clip from him in the past on like a YouTube video. I think with Johnny Young Bosch of the panel. That um, yeah, he was with his uh, he had his son in the audience or something. I think at the time or something and all that, or something like that. One one time or all that. So to see that then and to see this now, it's like oh for fuck's sake, this is bad. And I mean, I, I haven't seen any some of the others if they've reacted to all this kind of deal, like any of the other former original five or the other remaining original Power Rangers cast who know him well, um, react to his passing. But I know that Johnny Young Bosch was uh, rocked by this pretty hard. At the time that he canceled the convention appearance, because Jason David Frank, apart from his acting stuff, he was also he was also for a time legit dabbling in also uh, MMA stuff as well with his mixed martial arts stuff. 
because yeah. he's you know if that damn he was that damn skilled as well as being an actor and all that you know because mm. his only avenue was mostly Power Rangers and all that too. But I'm going to try to close this on a on a funny little kind of slight positive obscure note though. Right. Apart from his rudder roles of being you know the original Green and White Rangers, the first Red Turbo, Black Dino Thunder, etc. Who remembers fucking Cybertron? So wow. Who, rem- who remembers? Who remembers fucking Cybertron? That's a that's a that's a really that's a really deep cut right there. But yeah, uh, uh-huh. originally when they were planning you... to do VR Troopers, they, he was originally going to be like the he was going to be a, like the main character for it. At least you can tell when they were filming it because like they they cut like like for a while replaced not that they, they they were they were using like different they were using a different actor for for Tommy. And they just then they just in order for him just to sneak out and just do other things while he, while he's at it. So yeah, he was gonna he was originally planned to be in like a very very uh, really early version of VR Troopers called Cybertron. Like uh, the the irony is not is not lost to me. Yeah, no relation to Transformers, but for some reason, yeah, Saban got that name somehow, some way. They clawed it off of Hasbro, and it's like what the fuck. It was, the, it, was the, it was the wild west of copyright, where it's just like you know, hey, as long as they're not using it, it's ours now, haha. <laughs> But, um, yeah, nowadays, yeah that, but, nowadays that wouldn't fly. Nowadays that wouldn't fly, but you know. But like I said, um, I'll post a link to that with because like it is kind of something that's like yeah, it's 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 he, he's a little, he, it's it's it, he's he's lived an interesting life where he's done a lot of these weird things on the side as well. And I I, I like my favorite one is like I remember like I remember just like flipping the channel once and I thought like I, I thought I was watching like I thought I stumbled upon Power Rangers. I saw, but no, it was um, Sweet Valley High, and he was just doing a cameo appearance. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. A, 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 a teen drama? I'm like, okay, cool, 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 cool. And like I said, like, you know, I'll post a link to that when I'll post a link to that in the show notes as well. But yeah, and, and going back to something you said before we move on, you mentioned like if anybody else was rocked by this. I think the person who was rocked the most was Amy Jo Johnson. Mm. She's been posting like ever since her ever since she heard of the passing, she's been posting a lot of videos on her Instagram with like just like like just posting like like old videos from like the convention appearances and like just personal like when they when they had time together. And it's just it's really sad cuz like you, you get to like it's one of those things where it's like you get to see the, a very human like you know at, like at, like the like True, Jason David Frank, the, the act, not the person that he has to put, uh, not the person he has to put a, a show to at a convention, not the person that he, that's on the camera, but still, like the real, the real life guy, and it's it's heavy. You know? It's heavy to. What watch. about um, what's his name? Um, oh, shit, fucking name. Oh, um, David Yostin, what? Um, they've 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 had some. They have they've they they've posted some like you know some tributes to him. Like they've said a few key words about him. Don't G- 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 um. David Yost and uh, I believe also to um, Walter Jones have also has also expressed like their their condolences as well. I believe too, yeah, Catherine, I Catherine Sutherland. I believe too, Catherine yeah. Sutherland has said, said said a few things. Same with um, Canaris and I, yeah, definitely Dal Young Bosch because like they were not not only were they not only did it work, not only would had they worked together for a long time, but even afterwards they, they kept on working on projects afterwards. I think I believe they were at the like they worked on a few like made for. Um, Made the Kickstarter Kickstarter funded uh, movies together as well, so it's like they so like they they knew each other really well as well. Yeah, but 
Yeah, uh, it, it's just it's just it's not always it's it's one thing being really sad about like how we were with um Kevin Conway because he's he, like Kevin Conway's done a lot, but it's also too it's like talking about this subject is it's very difficult as well. So yeah, I'll I'll leave. Not only will I leave, but not only will I leave a um um a time stamp as to like what well if you want to skip this because like I I totally understand there's a few people I know some people personally who listen to this show are not comfortable with that discussion because they too were survivors of the of it and I I know them personally and I don't and I want to make sure that they that they get informed about what's it, like what they're about to hear and what. You know what's been going on, and I understand too. Like that kind of discussion is not a, it's not they're not comfortable hearing it from from uh, from any source. I'll, I'll post the time. Yeah, stamp. fair enough. And then also, can too, I add a tiny little? Hmm? Go for it. Go, please do. I was, gonna, I was gonna say, can we add a tiny little positive note to anyone who else who does decide to listen, even regardless? Anyway, if you are grappling with shit and all this kind of these kinds of thoughts or something, try to reach out to someone on occasion if you feel like. Even if you think things are really bad, maybe just stop and really think about shit hard before you do something. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I was going to actually, I was going to leave off by saying that, you know, I'm going to leave a number to the suicide hotlines. Like, you know, like the ones, like the ones, once you're in the United States and also some of them in other parts of the world, like in Australia as well, if I can find them as well. But if you can, just get, get out, like get a support system to be there. Um, I, 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 uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that right now. I'll leave it at that. If you want to know a little bit more, like how this affects me personally, find me and I will um, talk to you about it. That's all I'll say. Regardless, uh, why don't we move on to something? Why don't we move on to, why, why don't we move on to the news? Why don't we move on to the news? Just like as sad as as sad as that we had to confront this. I think like I think too. It's like you know we kind of had to. You have the show has to go on, and the show has and we have to do some more. We, we, you know, we need to lighten up the mood a little bit. So, why don't we talk about the news? A lot of, a lot of the news is trailers. <laughs> this news is trailers, trailers, trailers. Like, most not, of it, all, not all of it, most of it. First things first. Let's talk about something we can, we both have kind of like a little bit of knowledge on. And you posted that, like, on the day of recording, we the, the um, recording is December third, two thousand twenty-two. It's the fiftieth anniversary of Mazinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mazinger. Yeah, I. I grew up watching that show because it was like the other show that was on just before um, Saint Seiya. Like it would like literally like Mazinger would come on first and then Saint Seiya would, would air. I have I have my I have my my, my love for Mazinger. I, I really do appreciate the series. It's it's a it's an institution in mecha anime. It's it was one of like the first kind first of its kind kind of like super robot series. You know, like we had other series before, like you know, like Tissue in Twenty Eight and all that stuff. But I think like if like the atypical. Super robot series that we all think of nowadays—it's Mazinger. Like that's the series that we all like. Um, that's all. That's the series we all kind of like have a um. A, like that's the series that most people will go to. So you have any kind of like personal feelings, anything that you want to bring up about Mazinger that you want to talk, discuss? Ah, uh, um, real quick. Um, I mean, what can we say? It like it literally started off a whole. Or to find a whole type for robot anime, pretty much for mechs after Tetsujin, pretty much like mm-hmm. yeah, like piloted shit. This is where Super Robots got their whole start of their lineage, like you know, in in that regard. And then it led to all the other things, whether they be great UFO, 
Demon, Marzingas, etc. If, if you catch my drift and that kind of deal, they all uh, they fall they, they all fall under the, the, the Marzinger family technically and that kind of deal. In the end of the day, and we've already I remember actually even on one of the other episodes we briefly touched on on actually the episode where um Komi and Stan were guests. You briefly touched on Marzinger then, and uh, it reminded me of some of the things again, like uh, you know some of the crazy villains in the individual series, like Baron Asher and. Uh, Dr. Hell and other things like that. Yeah. Kind of fun stuff. Dr. Hell so, PhD. <laughs> it's always the most amazing yeah. thing. Yeah. And then the. Oh, man. I'll just throw out there that if anyone wants to ask me, that springs to mind. I don't instantly think of the original series 100% quite for like a defi- for the original song. My one is going to be Fire Wars, but you know. There we go. I mean, it's always going to be the original. For the Mazen Kaiser over here, but there we go. I mean, it's always going to be the original by Ichido Mizuki because they played uh, they, in the un, when they played it in Spanish, they actually played it in an instrumental version of, the, of that song, so like, it was really cool. <laughs> but yeah, I, I had a little bit more experience, like I said, like I grew up watching the series. There are a lot, like not only do we, do we have like the main, like not only do we have like like the weird gems, but there's like some weird, weird, weird monsters of the day in that series. Like the one I remember the most is like a, a Santa Claus um, <laughs> robot. Oh, uh, I think I posted that recently somewhere else. I think I know exactly the one you mean. Yeah, it's a, it's something. All right, I looked at it like, oh my god, what the hell is going on here? I was just like, oh my god, Japan, you are so wacky, man. This oh. is is it, is it? This is almost as bad as. Sorry to interrupt. This is almost as bad as the uh, what's its name? Uh, Robo Santa Claus from Futurama. Yeah, it's just as bad. Fine mechanical be Santa Claus P one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's riding a missiles. <laughs> missiles pulling. You have two two missiles pulling a sled. Yes. Yep. Like, that's the kind of that's the kind of thing you that's the kind of absurdity you get from Mazinger. It's like it just doesn't take itself seriously, and that's that's part of the fact. It's like good guy. It's just he's he's insane. It's fucking insane. Uh-huh. And so like this is like it, 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 this is like peak Gona guy. Like if you and, and the thing is like he, he has like two. He has he has two. He has like two modes. He has like two modes. Either he's wacky or he's like utterly insane. This is like the wacky um Gona guy. If you honestly insane, you go like go look up like Violence Jack or Devil Man. That's the stuff where it's like, okay, what the fuck, dude? But mm, okay. regardless, Mazinger's like it's still it's like it still is like an incredible series. If you want to get like a good like a good sense of Mazinger, what it is and stuff like that. I highly recommend watching the the recent movie Mazinger Z Infinium. That's a really good movie, and it gives you a good gist of like what's what's up with Mazinger. And it's such a good movie. It's such a good movie. Also, sometimes a hard recommendation because like you kind of have to know what's been going on with the series so far. But it does a good job also explaining itself on on you know to to the layman as to what's what's going on. But regardless, it, it's great. It's great. It's a great series. I believe also too the series is available in English by um, Discotech. It's just subtitled only, so I'll leave a link on the description so we can. If anybody's oh, that reminds me of one other tiny thing. I also got this for. If anyone else wants to say it, there's another name. Happy 50th birthday, Transor Z. Oh, actually, it came out in 83, so it actually would be 40th anniversary. Yeah, 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 but that still applies to the whole. That, that's Mazinger as these localization there. We're not kind of fun deal, but mm-hmm. in the eighties. No, that's too. So. Like that's. I get you. I get you. I get you. I get you. Also, I remember seeing one wacky thing, and I'm going to say this before I forget this. On one of the VHS covers on the back of it, there is an illustration, at least on the ones over here they released, or one of them, where they took a picture of, of image from one of the Transformers Ladybird books of Ravage, uh-huh. and they stuck it on the back. 
as like well, as a little picture, a random picture. Okay. Don't ask me how. It is weird. It's just like one of these ones that like Ravage like sort of looking at you or like a a diagonal angle kind of looking thing, like about to jump at you kind of thing. Yeah. It's like it's like what? That's not Transformers or anything. I recognize that picture because I've got that same damn book. Anyway. <laughs> If you find it, I'll post it. I'll post it on our show notes because, like, that needs. I I want to do some. I might have to do some digging. It might be possible to find it, but I don't know. It might be possible. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So this bit of news here. This this requires this requires a lot of setup here, but it's the payoff is going to be interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. JPEG out. Bob Iger in. Literally, literally, uh, literally on Sunday. Literally Sunday the Sunday the twentieth. We got news that Bob Chapek, Bob Chapek was was um they the board of directors at Disney said hey screw you leave they brought back in Bob Iger um here's what's going on let me give you guys let me give you like a general gist as to like what I what I've been hearing as what what happened apparently Bob Iger surprise surprise he's a shoot businessman so he was only he was only out for profit and he was cutting out he was cutting up a lot of things in in the Disney company and a lot of people were not happy about it. Because you gotta realize one thing, like this is a, this is not a complete tire fire. Because if um Warner Brothers and Discovery, the thing is what what's the thing about those two is like that's a the reason why it's a big tire fire is because like it's only focused on like one thing, and that's the entertainment stuff, and that's the only thing that that that, that Warner Brothers has right now that that has it because they off because they 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 off they license other things from like other companies, other companies. For example, the 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 theme park stuff that like stuff with stuff with Six Flags, that stuff is like oh that that stuff the, that stuff is like under license by um by by the by Six Flags. They they don't they it's not the other way around. Was like they own um they own Six Flags. Um, on the other hand, stuff with um the the stuff the stuff with 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 um with Disney, everything's kind of in house. So if something goes mm-hmm. wrong and say uh, uh theme parks. Or something goes wrong in their um, in their um, cruise line, or something goes wrong in another department altogether. That still is still under that umbrella of Disney, and apparently that's what's causing a lot of problems. Because like apparently a lot of problems that, that, that were happening were like the departments were 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 were, uh, were saying they have a lot of loss, and it wasn't like I said. It's not just like the stuff that like you you would think. Like it's not it's not just Disney Plus and stuff like that. It's not just like the little revenue of like lower of lower ticket sales. No, it's also like you know, um, stuff like you know, like like the theme park stuff. It's also the resort stuff. It's also the stuff like you know, regional content. Like you know, if they do if they have like stuff like you know, like like you know, housing projects and whatnot. It's a lot of stuff with. There's a lot of stuff interconnected with Disney, and it's like one of those things where it's like if you're not careful with it. You can cause a lot of problems, and unfortunately, um, JPEG kind of like kind of fucked around and found out. So, they, so what, what I remember hearing is that, and I'll, I'll post a link to like a video I, I remember watching. And I, I just one of the things where I was like, I I really wish that Scarlett or Jay were here because like, they have their ears a little bit more in tune to this than than we do. But but they but what from what I can remember is like someone from the someone from the parks division was not happy at all that they were canceling they were canceling a lot of projects under. Shapex um under Shapex watch, and not only that, apparently the Shapex been very was a very paranoid about a few things and was not and was not only canceling those things because of like budgetary reasons, but like of paranoia. So yeah, this person went to the board and it's like, yo, this guy's like this guy's insane. We gotta you gotta like bring wrangle up, and he's all like, and pretty much the board is like, yo, what the fuck? And said, okay, fine, like you know, you're gonna if this is how you're gonna act, 
So here, here's your here's your here's your quote unquote like golden golden parachute and get the fuck out. And Bob Iger's back, you know. And yeah, I guess the board has the power to just influence things and like say, hey, we don't like you. Get out of here. We're gonna vote someone else in in in, in your place now. And the, the person that was his place is the old is the old person that they, they that that had, that had to retire. So at least they know what they're getting into bringing him back, though. Yeah, least. yeah. And the good news is like you know the good news is like you know um, at least with Bob Iger, it's like you know he's made some decisions over over the last couple of years where it's like okay, you know, say what you will, but like at least what what's interesting is that like, he understands like what makes like the stuff that works works. He's really like focused on like on creativity. Oh, he green he greenlit a lot of like vanity projects and a lot of projects that that would that nowadays wouldn't like nowadays if you watch stuff like you wouldn't think about you wouldn't think that they would they would greenlit greenlight this but it's a lot of stuff like a lot of projects that like they're passion projects or, or projects that involve like their properties that the people really wanted to do and you can tell that there was like a lot of love to it and you can tell like the difference between a uh, Bob Iger. Um, I stuff from like Disney and like a Bob Chapek, where a Chapek, a Chapek um, uh, decision, uh, a Chapek driven um, um, project would be something that's like just out there for the money, just out there just to get get your money because it has a because it has the name Disney on it. Uh, something with Bob Iger, it's a little bit more like they at least put the, the some sort of effort to like put something there to incentivize their. Um, Incentivize the viewer and actually have something like, and not, not only incentivize the viewer, but incentivize the creators as well. So, I mean, I, 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 I'm pretty much saying, oh, gobbledygook at this point. So, like, any thoughts on like this on this bit of news? Uh, no, nah, not really. I mean, I'm just, I just hope this brings a little more stability to Disney in that sense. Because if like you know, Chapek was being a bit weird and all that kind of deal, then it's like this is it's fair enough. I mean, this is one of those things that's like, you know what? Sometimes you need to consider a stable captain at the ship instead of just sticking what you got and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, and in this case, yeah, bringing back Iger, that's not a bad thing because he always seemed to be one of those better Disney CEO leaders at the time. Yeah, anyway. he, so, yeah he, uh, he's, he's, that's, he's no, that's he's, fine. No, he's no, he's no Michael Eisner. He's no Bob Chapek. So. And it's, and it's interesting because like his his role is actually going to be very limited. Like he's only going to be he's only going to be in the company for two years. Basically, they're going to what basically he's going to do is basically he's going to handpick like his successor, a proper. Because like the last time what ended up happening was like they kind of I want to say they forced him out. It was like okay, like can we like hurry this up? Like typically, can we hurry this up? Hurry this up! Because I want to get my I want to get my power. I want to get my power. Like hurry this up! Hurry this up! And he pretty much rushed him into the position without really putting. So without putting like like a, like a proper like without putting a proper person at the at the helm, now they're, what they're going to do is they're the reason, I'm pretty sure this is the reason why they brought him back is because they want someone that's already experienced kind of or they want someone to groom again using that word I don't like using but no other word. it's an old terminology groom doesn't necessarily mean in the terms you're thinking of Ramsey I know exactly what you mean yeah disclaimer yeah, yeah but you know, they're they're going to position someone that's a little bit okay I should use that word. They're gonna position. They're gonna position someone that's a little bit more adequate, and also like he's, they're gonna be under his under his tutelage to be a better leader. So and it's gonna be up until two, the end of two thousand twenty, their fiscal year of two thousand twenty four. So we're looking at like maybe like like May of two thousand twenty five, that we we're gonna see that maybe Bob Iger might be out, and like we'll be hearing also rumblings by that time too of like whoever's gonna be like their their successor, and yeah. 
that's about that. That's pretty much about it right now. So it's like, and it's 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 interesting because like um we were discussing this before on the last on the last episode with Sobro that um um Disney's posting a lot of losses this year that, that for their for their that for their fiscal two thousand twenty two. So it wouldn't surprise me if like so he's so he's I want to say he's inheriting a a tire fire. He's he's inheriting a he's in, he's inheriting like a bunch of like a a bunch of like you know brush fires that are what they're they're going they're erupting all over the place it's not bad okay okay, okay. Yeah, yeah 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 hold on hold on i'm gonna say this now here and now disney are having problems yes but they are nowhere near as bad as the shitstorm that warner brothers and all that has been going through let's let's put that in perspective yeah, yeah. so yeah because, because it's all because the well, thing is with with warner brothers like i said earlier it's all concentrated on about one thing they're they're doing which is in their entertainment stuff when it comes to disney like i said there is it's the multi. It's the multi-headed Hydra. You have your Disney. You have your Disney parks. You have Marvel movies. Yeah. Hail Hydra! <laughs> I didn't. Hey, hello. Yeah. You have you. You have like you have the you have the parks like you know Disneyland, Disney World, uh, 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 uh Hong Kong Disney and um. Uh, and Shanghai, the World Paris, etc. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, so now, yeah, Disneyland Paris and Disneyland and Shanghai Disneyland, those places. The only one that's an exception of it is is um Tokyo Disneyland because that's actually by someone else. But mm. everything has they for the most part everything that has like their name on it, like 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 theme parks that that's part of it. Their TV, like there's there's stuff like with um with like TV, like you know, in the United States they actually do own um ABC, not be the view. Literally, like there's an ABC in your neck of the woods, and there's an ABC in my neck of the woods. So that so it's an ABC. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. The, 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 to make the distinction, does it make the distinction? American Broadcasting Company is your lot. The other ABC is the Australian yeah. Broadcasting Company. Yeah, there so, you go. That's what it is. Yeah, the American they own the American Broadcasting Company like wholesale, so they have stuff they have to like worry about that. They also own ESPN. Yeah. They also own a lot of stuff like they also own like a stage in Hulu. They have Disney Plus. They have to worry about and also too like for example, when they inherited a lot of stuff from like Star Wars and from um, and from Marvel, they inherited the stuff like the like I believe a lot of the publishing stuff with Marvel as well. So there's a lot. Like I said, and, and it's not and it's not just the stuff that you would think. Like I said they own properties. They own like they, they actually own properties and they own like like cruise lines and stuff like that. So it's stuff like that 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 that's such a delicate thing that they have to like take care of. That's why it's like it's it's almost the same thing, but it isn't at the same time because like whereas the thing the problem with uh, with the with the discovery in Warner Brothers, it's all concentrated on one thing and that's the only thing that they that they kind of have. Whereas Disney, like I said, it's just spread on so many other things and that's so if one thing goes wrong, it's a lot of things that's that's been going wrong. Yeah. Why don't we move on to? Why don't we move on to something more? Why don't we move on to other things? Because like well, the majority of this is gonna be trailer talk. There's like there's like four trailers here. We, there's gonna be two more, but like what we were discussing, eh, maybe maybe just these four for time reasons. I think the, I think these four would would work. I really want to know your opinion on Saint Seiya, but uh, that that trailer, you know, hey, you know, you said like, hey, you know what, you you know, that's all me. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Hold on, hold on. I'll say this because you can say your piece on it too. Then be fair to you. Saint Seiya, I'll just say, all I remember is it looks pretty, and Famke Jensen and Sean Bean. That's it. There we go. Cool. Saint Seiya. I'm not gonna say. Anything. I have like I I recorded two podcasts about this, so you want to hear two hours of me rambling about this? Go to my other go to my other podcast, Saint Seiya Cosmocast. 
you'll get like the full gist of it. Okay, okay, go to Ramsey's other Cosmos to find info or thoughts on this in in the topic. Yeah, well, we go uh, like on one of them. We actually go frame by frame. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Yeah. Regardless, let's 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 move on to the let's move on to because literally the like before that before that trailer came up before that the Night of the Zoya trailer came up or was it after? Oh, it was after. Oh, we got the new trailer for Super Mario Brothers. The Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, we get to see a little bit more Peach. We get to see Donkey Kong. We get to see a little bit more of the locations and stuff like that. It's a really Peach heavy. Um, it's a really Peach heavy trailer. I'll give them that much. Somewhat, somewhat, yeah. And you know, we get to see a little bit more of how the tone of the movie is gonna be. Like, like Mario's gonna be like a reluctant like hero, and they're gonna make pretty much make him do a lot of things to become like a hero. Like, you I get to see at one point he does like he does like his athletics, what they call in the games an athletic stage, where he has to like do a lot of jumping and stuff like that. So it's funny. It's so they're trying to like trying to do a little bit of that comedy of like physical comedy of like that kind of thing where it's like of him like you know not knowing how how the world works and stuff like that. So your thoughts on the trailer? Yeah, yeah get, they're getting used to like the objects and things like the spinning like the block with the uh, little like uh, you know like the the, the pole thing on or around them. Or, yeah, or like or like oh, oh yeah, but that's. Hmm? I was gonna say like the. the what were you gonna the, say? I was gonna say the little donut hole that if you stand on it like it just falls down. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the donut blocks, as some people call them, I think, mm-hmm. from Mario Free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, for example, uh, okay. So Luigi's the one who's in trouble at the start mm-hmm. by Bowser. Yep. All right. That's interesting. Which makes me think that maybe that something happened and he was doing some, he was trying to, or they were trying to hint at something like Luigi Mansion reference, but Luigi isn't at that point of being quite that confident or capable of doing that shit yet, maybe? Apparently, for, um, apparently, what people have noticed because like, there are other trailers that have popped up that apparently, he, um, Luigi, like Luigi, has like a tweet, like like when they were doing some sort of repair, Luigi and Mario ended up being getting separated. Luigi's the one that ended up with all the tools. That's why, like, every, if he kind of comes off like, a little bit more like how he was in Luigi's Mansion, is because he ended up with all the, all the all the tools. But um, then there was also uh, okay. Quick thing to take note of. It's not the big thing, but it's a little thing. Which Donkey Kong is this? Oh, this is Donkey Kong Jr. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. the modern Donkey Kong. Not the classic one. Because also in the background we see... Oh, we do see Cranky Kong. Mm-hmm. Who's on from the Donkey Kong Country series. Who's the aged up original Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. As well. Mm-hmm. So does that also say to us that potentially we could see... In the future, at some point in time, or in the own movie, like Diddy, Dixie, and other ones, etc. Who knows? The whole Kong family, maybe. I maybe, hope, maybe. but that'd be great. I would love to see them. That could be possible. That could be very possible at this, right? Yeah. And then, because we all need Funky Kong in our lives, man. Funky Kong. And then there was also other things of uh, the castle. It's pretty much the Mario Odyssey castle. Mm-hmm. The bonus one with the with the stained um, glass of Peach and that stuff in the background. Nice big open like courtroom with the little with the little um staircases on the side and everything and you know all that all, all that presentation is pretty much straight up ripped from Mario Odyssey and just like done up in like a bigger and better look yeah pretty much that's, what, that's the thing I like it's like you know they didn't they didn't they didn't strive too far from their from like their designs especially from like Mario Odyssey it's just really polished up mm-hmm. that's that's what it is it's it's everything from like Mario Odyssey just with a better shine and I like that a lot like they didn't like everybody's recognizable they didn't Proportion. They didn't change anything. Everybody looks. Everyone. Everyone looks iconic. Everybody looks how they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Look. Just a machine, and I'm all for it. 
only character that they said that they did do some they did do some like different they did do some improvements on was for Donkey Kong. And I'm all for that new design for Donkey Kong. So I'm gonna say that right now. Hmm. Okay. And okay, two of those tiny forts, um, apart from like weapons because uh, weapons, um power-ups and things, because Mario gets the cat suit, Peach touches a fire flower. Mm-hmm. Interesting, also. So also at the start of the movie it made me think that at this right also so you got Mario, Luigi, Donkey Kong, Bowser, and all others around already. You could maybe suggest that maybe if Nintendo really, 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 really wanted to, they could set up a Smash Brothers movie? Um, the very beginning? I was going to say, that fight sequence at the very beginning was very Smash Brothers-esque. Uh-huh. Like the way that they're like in a, they're the way they're on like a they're on a they're on a plane like you know like a one on one plane like that like I think they're like Smash Brothers this shit come on let's do this yeah yeah and then you know in the time they they introduce other characters too because I mean for example I have no clue if if Yoshi's gonna pop up he saw it in the trailer for example but yeah, like, like there's a shot where like there's many different worlds there's many different worlds you have to explore Mario and it's like we cut to like a bunch of Yoshi's that's running around I'm like yeah Yoshi baby oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah yeah it's okay yeah yeah it's just one of those things yeah okay um and then at the very end also Mario Kart so they could do this as a little teaser thing of like maybe in the future like they decide to do a Mario Kart or anything or something. Great, like you just do, just do fucking wacky races. That's great. That'd be great. <laughs> That's all I will. Like if you could just take the concept of wacky races and put that into a Mario movie, I'm down for it. But I think what's gonna happen is like I think mm-hmm. like they're, I'm pretty sure they're like okay Mario can't is not that capable of doing things. What can we do to stop Bowser? Um, um, let's make him. Let's make him race. Let's make a race in go karts. Yeah, let's make a race in go karts. And it just goes and just and they keep on escalating. Like, okay, fine, go karts aren't working. How about we play? How about we make him play golf? Yeah, let's play golf. Like, okay, that's not working too. How about yeah. how about we play make him play that? How about we make him play golf? I mean, how about we make him play tennis? Tennis? Yeah, tennis is gonna work. It sounds horribly. It's so, like you, you get away with, with doing that kind of a gag also. Mario's, like, yeah. Mario's not really that inept. Like Mario's not that like he's not Super Mario just yet. But he's he's just regular ass Mario from Brooklyn. So it's like yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have difficulty doing his stuff. Like you know, and not just like I'm saying like the zombie on zombie on like on turtles and stuff like that. No, I'm saying like the go karting he may not be good at. Maybe golf he's like, <clears throat> he may not be that good at golf or mm. he may not be good at like doing anything. But like hey, he's learning. He's learning. Yeah. Also. Two random thoughts. You know, his his one hope for a power up thing, and then one hope will be for a character or two. But okay, he goes this: if you're going on that little thought, because it just came to mind, if Mario becomes Super Mario, some of the on the very very few Super um, or some of the Mario games, like the two D ones, at least say, oh, I don't know, the DS one. There's a certain power up that definitely makes him live up to more. That's Super Mario. Oh, that'd be great! The super, the, 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 the what's it called? The Mega Mushroom. That's the thing I'm thinking of. Yeah. And imagine if things get really bad, and if say Mario gets one of those and fights Bowser with like that kind of mushroom or something. That'd be great. Or like more. Bowser. That would be insane, but that would work. So it's yeah. all it's all it's all um, the realm of possibilities. Also, where it's like Bowser just gets one, he becomes like that super Giga Bowser from like from like the from like the Super Mario 3D World, like the that expansion one where he's like this uber huge monster. Uh huh. Yeah. And then the other thing. I don't know if it's going to be possible considering Donkey Kong is, is in this. 
I am hoping maybe somewhere, maybe somewhere, somehow, some way, Wario, Waluigi, Daisy, maybe it's three other little things. I'm down with it, especially if you can bring Rosalina. Rosalina is really great too. I would like, I would love to see them. I would love to see all those characters, but like, I feel like, I feel like Rosalina might be a thing worthy for a sequel movie if Bowser goes after another power yeah. source or something like that. Yeah. But they are, they are, they are, they are actually doing a lot of weird, weird deep cuts because they got Foreman Spike from uh, from Wrecking Crew in it. Like they would, so if they if they would, so if they they put something like a, if they suddenly throw Wario or Waluigi in there, it wouldn't they wouldn't shock me because like you got Foreman Spike. Who the fuck remembers Foreman Spike? It's those people play uh, Wrecking Crew. Not that many, probably. Yeah. Really? Good game, by the way. I like, I like, I like me some Wrecking Crew. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm down with it. I, I'm like. I was done with it with the tra- I was done with it like with that first trailer, but I think this one's kind of solidified it, my my interest. I'm not completely 100% sold like it's gonna be a good movie, but I think it's like it's gonna be at least an enjoyable. Movie. I'll give them that much. Yeah, it's not gonna be. It's it's hard to believe this this will be a train wreck of a movie potentially. It's at least gonna be decent to yeah. watch. So, so I, I like for me for me I, I I'm I, I'm like I'm cautiously optimistic, but I can also I can but you know this also has the formula of actually going really wrong as well. But again. We don't know. We want to know. We'll know about it. Um, we'll know about it on when is what is it? Uh, April 9th? I don't know when it's coming on your neck of the woods. Uh, probably about the same time, or probably a day early or right. something. Right. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So next trailer. Let's talk about Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Oh wow! We we get to see the Maximals, and they look awesome. I I, mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that they're kind that they they kind of took a cue from like um. Stuff from like beast, like like beast machines, and make them kind of like half robot, half organic. But they didn't go like they, they just didn't they didn't go that that route completely. Like it's still recognizable. And I love the fact that it's like it's a sequel to Bumblebee. It's already it, I think it's already it's already been confirmed. It's already a sequel to Bumblebee. So it's gonna be in that it's gonna, it's gonna be in that new continuity. And you get to see a lot of those characters from that from that movie. You get to see RC and and um rc like who was in the previous movie as well and she's like she looks pretty much the same as she did in, in bumblebee i'm really happy about that and you have new characters which um we got to see mirage you know what wheeljack is in the movie he's the vw like van it's wheeljack and mm. i don't know who else is supposed to be in the movie i know i'm missing like one more autobot that's supposed to be part of the main team other than bumblebee and optimus prime um but regardless, we got to see a lot of we got to see a lot of the Maximals. We got to see Optimus Primal. We got to see Cheetor, Rhinox, um, Air Razor, mm-hmm. and that's it, right? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, because like there, there there wasn't that many, and they're not fighting the Decepticons in this movie. They're actually fighting what they call the Beast Hunters, and the Beast Hunters are comprised of like uh, are comprised I believe of Scourge. Um, okay, I got I got the list right here. Okay. Um, okay, the other guy I was thinking of was Stratosphere. That's okay. Okay, so the Terracons, aka the, the Beast Hunters, are Scourge, Nightbird, and Battletrap. And, and yeah, mm-hmm. the, and the Maxwells that we already mentioned, the Autos Pipe, Air Razor, Rhinox, and Cheor. And, okay, so here's a cool thing. Uh, we already kind of, we kind of have already, like, the majority of the voice actors already, like, already in place. So obviously, of course, we got Peter Cullen is back as Optimus Prime. I was going to be played by ugh, fucking Davidson. Punchable man in Hollywood. Uh... This Koshi mm-hmm. is RC. Wheeljack is played by Crystal Fernandez, and Don Dimaggio, 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 Dimaggio is Stratosphere. Don Dimaggio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for, and for who? Terror- is who? Sorry. John Dimaggio. Yeah, I heard, I heard that. You said it's who though. Sorry. I oh, was asking, Who is he playing? 
Stratosphere. Okay, Stratosphere. Okay. Dinklage is going to be Scourge. Michelle Ajayi Rodriguez's Nightbird. And David Solov. Holy shit. They got David Solov to be Battle Traps. So it's like, hey, we got someone from Beast Wars in it. What's up? Yeah. OG Death Charge. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's also playing Rhinox as well. Huh. Okay. He confirmed that as well. Oh, it's Sopolov is playing. He's playing Rhinox yes. as well? Okay. And for the maximum. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because actually. Hmm. No, 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 no. Nothing. And then for the for the Maximals, we got Ron Perlman as Optimus Primal, Michelle Yeoh as Air Razor, and no one's casted yet for Cheetor. It's, I'm going to say is one thing right now. When we get to our best of 2022, it's really good to you're Michelle Yeoh, probably the best year of your life right now, by far. Now you're going to make your 2023 awesome. Yeah, and what I like is, mm-hmm. like, you know, what I'm liking about the movie so far, it's like, it seems like they're, like, they're, like, they're not really going full uh, Michael Bay on this movie. You can tell it, it's a very subdued kind of thing, and I'm really liking it so far. So any thoughts on the, on everything so far? Rub. Okay, thoughts, because we'll probably eventually do this down the road at some point full on. But thoughts from this trailer and all that stuff. Okay, the designs are interesting. They're cool. They look you know, in that midpoint, like you said, kind of thing. Because, yeah, imagine if they tried to do that whole deal of one of them in, in their full organic looks and then they turn into robots kind of thing, back and forth. That would be, be a weird deal. This is a sort of halfway, like, redesign compromise kind of thing. Because, like, say, when Primal changes forms, he looks, like, still kind of gorilla-like from a distance and that kind of deal in ways. Yeah. But when he transforms to robot mode, he looks sort of more like Optimus Primal-ish. Not 100%, but, like, the face, some of the chest... Some of the way his armor looks and that kind of thing, the way it's shaped and all, all that kind of mm-hmm. deal. And yeah, so I'm curious to see how this movie turns out. The voice cast is interesting in ways, like you said. Like, yeah, David Sobolov playing a couple of characters, Michelle Yeoh playing Air Razor. That's an interesting choice. And then, you know, John DiMaggio as well, and all that. As well as Ron Perlman, who originally he started playing Primal all the way back in the Machinima. The Prime Wars trilogy thing, one I believe. Yeah, he, he, like he was, he was like well, it was, this was before. This was before the the current stuff. It, he was he was um, Optimus Primal back in like Power of the Primes. That's what I mean. The you know, Prime Wars trilogy, as they call, or, yeah. you know, Power of the Prime, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was Primal in that for all that when he, when he was around, and he was even decent back then because he's not helmet, so you know. Yeah, that's why I said like my it's my boy, man. No, the Ron Perlman cannot do no wrong. Yeah, and actually, this is the second time actually technically him and Peter Cullen have been working together as as primes now, anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because they brought Peter in on like the second um, two thirds, so the last two thirds of the Power of the Prime stuff. Yeah, once also, well, you know, like, you, at the time. I forgot too, you know who else is in, who was in that series as well? Going back to oh. everything we were talking about, Jason David Frank. Oh, yeah, he was, um, wasn't he the little um, headmaster dude for one of the cities or something? I believe he's one. I, I believe he's the headmaster for uh, for um, oh, what's gonna call it for Alpha Trion. Huh. Okay then. Yeah. So yeah, he's been doing. Ron Perlman's been doing this for a while now, and I, it's it looks great. It, I, I said like I love the fact that like they're leaning like I, apparently they they learned a lesson from Bumblebee. And they're just saying like okay, fine, let's just lean in more on a G on G one or G one aesthetics and. and or in this... not, not so much learned their lesson. More like, more like I would say. Sorry to interrupt. Bumblebee has set this new direction for the movies, right? A better direction that more so the stronger Bay influence has been kind of left behind now, thankfully. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 
Because you can see that in terms of the mechanical designs, they're not like what they used to be before between the first five movies and then like, you know, like Gladiator, Gladiator 2 got like better notably as well, but then Bumblebee came around and the designs kind of switched and were noticeably better, even further still. And now we're up this. Yeah, so, where yeah. it's like where you can see a little bit more. It's a lot more blockier. A lot more like a lot of the, a lot more of their parts of the rope. A lot more parts of their alt form are, are sticking out, and I think that's been more beneficial. I think that that adds a little bit more. Um, just makes them. It makes them a little bit more relatable than just being like this, like a blob of something that makes that connects to like a, to make something to make like a robot to something like resembles a robot. I think having like the or just. Yeah, there's like a hunk of metal that's like all silverish and black and all this all over the place. Oh, they have, and and I like the fact that it's like oh, uh, what they're doing is they're, they're they're further doing that with the stuff with the Beast Wars with the the Beast Wars characters where the the uh, Maximals are kind of like they still have a lot of like robotic parts to them, but they also have like you know they have a lot of robot parts, but it's not intrusive to either one. You can clearly tell that that's a gorilla, that's a cheat, that's a cheetah, that's a that's, a, that's an eagle, and then and that's a rhinoceros. Hell too. That they're obviously because they're giant. We actually get to see a shot where Bumblebee and I think um, Bumblebee, it's Cheetor and um, and Mirage. They're drive. They're like one. They're like right next to each other. And Cheetor is a little is way bigger than than uh, than than Mirage. And uh, <laughs> oh boy, if, if, if Mirage is a, Mirage. Is like, I I don't like. He's a he's a big freaking car. But to him, from overshadow that, he's a big freaking Cheetah. Makes sense because like they put them with like robot parts. It's like it makes sense that it's a robot. Yeah. Yeah. So, any final thoughts on the trailer itself, um, Rob? Nah, not really. That's already most of my thoughts pretty much put out there. And this is what I'm really looking forward to because yeah. And like I said, I'm, a, I'm way more excited, especially after after the after Bumblebee. I'm way more excited on the on the way they're doing these these Transformers movies. I'm glad that they're continuing that 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 like stuff from Bumblebee. So I'm really happy about that. All right, next we have Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, old man Indy, he's he's still he's still doing his stuff, and um, it, I think he's with his granddaughter now. And uh, yeah, it, I don't know what else to say. They there's a teaser. They showed us a lot of action sequences. It looks good, but I'm also like, God damn it! Like, can we leave Person of Part alone for like a couple of minutes? Apparently not. If if you if you between this and then uh, him coming to the MCU and all that kind of thing, so eh, apparently not. We don't we don't have any story details or anything like that. The only thing we know so far is that the, the character like we the only thing we know so far is he's, he's like it's gonna involve Nazis. Why am I surprised? And like one of the characters is gonna be part. One of the characters he's gonna be encountering is gonna be played by Mads Nicholson. So. Uh, uh, any thoughts on the trailer itself? Because like it, it's really hard for me to, to, to describe this trailer because it's like it's just a bunch of action sequences. But, um, and- yeah, I know. I saw it there, and then um, apart from all that, they showed the little flash mode of the DH Harrison Ford as well. So, oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Because um, is that going to be something that reverses time or something that makes him younger or makes someone younger or something like reverses your age or something? It's like yeah, interesting, and it's like. The CG de aging looks pretty convincing on him, honestly. Yeah, they've been doing better at their de aging, so that so that, that's one of the good things. It's like, okay, fine. At least their de aging is not like it hasn't been like how it was before. Because like I remember like like early MCU movies. I want to say Ant Man. They de aged Michael Douglas. It looked horrible. It looked more rubber than man. 
in that weird uncanny valley look and it didn't look that that good either but then you go to like civil war and they had to de-age um robert downey jr for that brief that brief sequence it looked a little it looked way better and when they had to do the de-aging stuff in infinity in, um, in endgame same thing they, they did a, they did a way better job as well so you can tell that they're kind of improving a lot on that de-aging de-aging stuff with it so yeah or even similarly, the one instance that's in my mind as being kind of a rough one. Um, what was it? Oh, um, X Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, Patrick Stewart. No, that, that's X Men Three. That's X Three where they have to like de-age um, Magneto and and Christian Savior. Oh Lord. No, 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 oh. no. Because no, I'm thinking of the point in time when, yeah, X Men Origins. Agent. Remember at the end when the kids are like all running out of the place, and then Professor Xavier is like. Come with me, children. Okay. I'll take you to safety. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that one was another rough one, but yeah. So, yeah, we will be thankfully a good many more years in the future where this tech has been more and more refined. And you know what the other thing that helps with this too? Is unlike some of the other ones sometimes, sometimes it's easier to go back to older movies or other things for reference and get pictures or shots or things for de-aging CG to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Because yeah, got... like Harrison Ford, you've got some stuff that still goes back that's not that crazy far back that you can reference, like say, oh, I don't know, Blade Runner, Star Wars, Star Wars, the earlier Indiana Jones movies, etc. I was going to say, like, he, he's got the Indiana Jones, and you can tell, like, they, they're referencing that stuff a lot, like, that, especially that, like, Raiders of Lost Ark, so I'm really happy. It's like, okay, at least they're, at least they're, they're, at least they're getting references from something that's at least more recognizable. As if they were to pick, like for example, Michael Douglas. I'm pretty sure they got him from like like Michael Douglas era, um, like Wall Street. And it's like mm, it, they should have. they should have went a little bit younger on that one. But regardless, like like I said, it, the movie looks interesting. Like I said, uh, like I said, there's really not much really to talk about because like well, we get it's just a bunch of like the action sequences. We get to see him running around the horse. We get to see him on the train. We get to see him do different things. I guess that's the only time we get to see anything kind of assemblies is like we did they did bring back uh Rice uh John Reese Davis back for Sala? Was this guy was that, was that the character? I keep forgetting his the guy's the character's name. I think so. Yeah. I think so. He's yeah. in it as well. So he, he's so and the trailer ends with uh with him using his whip, of course, because that's the money shot and it does the it does the inverse of what what happened in Raiders of the Lost Ark where the guy does this where the guy is using a where where uh, this guy's using a sword and Indy just shoots him. Said it's just, it's the inverse of that where it's like Indy's swinging his whip around and everybody just takes out the gun on him. So yeah, yeah it looks good. But like mm-hmm. I said, I mean after the last movie, I'm kind of, I'm like very very cautious of it. But knowing it's James Mangaloid and most of his movies have been pretty good. You, like you have two really good like you have two you have one decent Wolverine movie and one incredible Wolverine movie. And this three ten to Yuma is really good. His version of three ten Yuma was well, not the original. It's uh, it's a worthy worthy remake. Like it's like it's like, I think it's like one of the like top best remakes they, they've ever done. Like one of the few times they actually nailed it right. He did. He he got he got that he got he got he got the he got that three ten to Yuma really well. Like with him with him on the helm, I'm really I'm really excited. So like I, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Final thoughts? Hmm. Uh, no, I already said my thoughts. So there we go. Move on. Guys of the Galaxy Volume Three. Uh, we get to see. We get to. Looks like this is gonna be the final. This is definitely the final chapter of James Gunn's kind of like um time with Guardians of the Galaxy. We get to see like the origins of Bracket Raccoon. Yeah. We get to see the main villain, the 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 high evolutionary. 
get to see uh, you're asking for this character. You're asking for um for uh, for Warlock Adam Warlock. We get to see Adam Warlock in this. So we're we're getting a, we're getting a lot in this movie, and I'm, and like but like I said like I, like I said before, but like I said before, I think when we were talking about like the DC, like when when we found out that James Gunn was be heading DC, I have faith in James Gunn that this is like like this is gonna be really good. Like, like I, I, I he hasn't made anything bad. As a matter of fact, we just got a, the, the latest TV special, Guardians of the Galaxy, the Christmas special. That's actually really, really it's been just as good as just as good as the, as the movies, despite being like this one hour thing, and. So yeah. we get we get to see a lot of that stuff and like you know it, it's it's it seems to be like a somber end to the the Guardians of the Galaxy like like this um iteration I don't know if they're gonna bring it back for I don't know if they're gonna bring it back or they're gonna be they're gonna bring it back like at another time but with the same without the same actors or you you are having a different roster of characters but this is like the end of this current like like this version of of, of the Guardians of the Galaxy I. I'm down for it. You can tell they're they're really putting in their all on this one, and I'm really really excited to see this. Any thoughts, Rob? Yeah. Oh, one thing that did jump out to me is that they, <clears throat> um, at least in some little bits, they also decided all of a sudden that some of the characters should have their their OG black and uh, red trim uh, uniforms as well. I noticed. Yeah. Interestingly, they're bringing, that, they're, so, bringing uh, the, they're bringing that that look. It's a very interesting look. And like everybody has it, like like, and everybody mm-hmm. on the on the team has it. It's just weird because like I like I always I always have the yeah. language of Drax with all his shirt. Now he has to look at wear his shirt. Yeah. If this is definitely the end for the mall, it's like I just hope it doesn't all go out on a bad end. Uh, like maybe the, you know what they're out there in the MCU. Maybe they might pop up on occasions in other movies or things. Some of them. But um, you know, yeah, like Warlock is finally after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. And then, well, yeah, um, we had we had we had you know the Avengers movies, we had other movies going on for a while, and all that sort of stuff. And then the other stuff with uh, James Gunn getting in trouble, doing another movie with with DC for a time, and then coming back, and then finally getting to this to finish off this and all that kind of thing before he moves on to DC proper, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that's good in that regard. Um, yeah, I just hope some of the characters aren't forgotten because. It's gonna be it's gonna be a weird deal if say this is their final outing and it all and if it all goes it all goes down in like a bad kind of finale for them kind of deal because I get they're trying to maybe that maybe if they are trying to work in new characters into MCU fine but do you want to always do this to some of the old ones that you knock them off or you kill them or you retire them all this kind of deal and I'm like eh, maybe this is an okay idea maybe sometimes this isn't. Maybe so you know that's how I feel because some of the, basically the best way to what I'm looking for is some of the legacy characters, yeah, you know, in that regard, some of the old guard, so yeah, because I mean, yeah, and you know, spoilers like you know, Vision has been dead or kind of came back and is dead again, wanders in a weird state, Jane Foster is a whole deal without without saying any spoilers for for Thor Love and Love and Thunder. For example, another character has been definitely dead in uh, Wakanda Forever from Black Panther, as we talked mm-hmm. about last episode, and other things. Just Tony Stark is dead. Captain America Tired. is in a very weird state where he's probably yeah retired or close to natural age death and all that kind of deal nowadays. Mm-hmm. Instead, so yeah, things are just in a weird yeah, spot. Yeah, it's like it, you know, 
we're, we're, we're transitioning we're, tra- we're transitioning from like the old guard to the new guard but like how they're handling it they think they should like they kind of have to handle this very differently especially in the fact it's like we never really got a constant guard to the galaxy because like yeah we had a, we had those issues with 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 james gunn and i think that delayed a lot of their plans so I'm pretty sure because of that, mm-hmm. like, uh, I'm pretty sure because of that, we have, like, now, I think they wanted to do it a lot more earlier. Now, they, they have to, they're just kind of settled at, like, at phase five at this point, and, like, you know, oh, that's fine, you know, I'm pretty sure they want it earlier. And, because like, I think they still want us to have, like, the regarding to the galaxy still fresh in our brains, but, oh, you know, hey, them, them being still, them being in, 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 them being in Endgame, them being in Thor, Love, and Thunder was, you know, that's something, at least for right now, but, like, for them to be properly, like, and the last the last time we got to see him properly was actually that 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 Christmas special. Before that was Thor: Love and Thunder, and then before even that was um, Endgame. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic. I like I, I I really enjoyed the last couple of movies. Like I said, I like I, I heard nothing but great things about the the, the the Christmas special. I'm gonna go watch that like maybe when we're done. So I haven't got to see it yet, by the way. But uh, yeah. Oh yeah, that was the one interesting thing that you told me about that, if you recall. Uh, I saw my brain here. Uh, the Christmas oh, special. Yeah. <laughs> you said what became what became Ramsey's. Tell the audience what became canon to the MCU. Oh, now, okay, so this is what happens. The setup of the scene is like we well, set up the movie is like basically Drax and 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 Mantis go to Earth to to get something for 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 uh, for for Peter Quill because Peter Quill's feeling really kind of sad at, at the holidays. Let's figure out what's going on with him. I, I read some of the spoilers and like what happened. Like, oh wow, wow. that's it's pretty bad. But in order to cheer up, they decide like, why don't we go find something for for? Uh, why don't we go find the greatest person of all time, which is Kevin Bacon? They end up on so they land up on on in Hollywood. There's a guy dressed up as like fucking Psykill from like uh from uh <laughs> from from uh, from GoBots, and Drax sees him. He's like, murderer! I will kill you. Tools attack poor dude in the costume, and Mantis says, "No, no, stop! Don't, don't, like, don't worry about it. Don't, please ignore him. He, the Gobots killed his family, killed his, cousin, killed his cousin. So officially, Gobots are, Gobots are part of the MCU. They killed Jax's cousin. Uh huh. And who owns technically? Uh huh. And who owns the Gobots technically? It would be uh, Hasbro. Technically, yes, because they've owned the Gobots for many, many, many fucking years ever since the G two era of Transformers. When they when they acquired Tonka. So, audience out there, if you if the, if your dots are connecting and your mind's about to go mind blown, there we go. I'm pretty sure, too, yes. like maybe Transformers are a thing. Or at least Gobots. I'm pretty thing. sure, like okay, we Transformers, but how about Gobots? Those are those are everyone's favorite punching bags. So why don't you use that? Well, let's we'll use it for free. Yeah, it's 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 an insane mm-hmm. scene. I guess I heard nothing but great things about the other special outside of that stuff because I heard like it's it's really good. It's a really good um, it's a really good special. It's not what you expect. It's not it, like we don't suddenly cut to like a music number and stuff like that. It's like it's a really nice and wholesome like little special. It's a good setup for like what they're gonna be doing next with the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Alrighty then. So mm-hmm. that's something recorded. You know what? Any any final thoughts on any final thoughts on the on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three before we move on? Uh, nope, because that's about it. And I even threw in that funny little thing for the Christmas special thing. So yeah, right. Here so why don't we move on to something? We, we, this was something that we were going to have during our break, but unfortunately, due to due to everything that's going on, instead now we're going to put it on this episode. So me, 
Rob and our old friend Jared the Greek, we we decided to go in and talk about the year that was 1979. So a lot of interesting stuff in 1979. So why don't we? So why don't we not waste any time? Ramses and Rob and Jared from the past, take it away. And we're back. Um, I we have here. We we are back because like we, we figured like hey we we we'll do something a little something extra while we are away from our sabbatical here. So we have here of course Rob. Yo, hello, internet. What's up? And we also have a we also have a returning guest. We also have hey, Jared the Greek. Hey everyone, it's I'm glad to be back. So good news and bad news. What do you guys want to hear? What do you guys want? To, what do you guys want to hear first? We'll get the uh, bad news out of the way. Get the bad news out of the way first. Yeah. I start bombs on your, I, I, I injected bombs on your neck that will go off in about an hour and some change. Even on mine, because I'm that stupid. I thought, I thought you were going to tell us that, hey, we, you've implanted Xenomorphs into us or something, but, oh, well, that's almost as bad, but there we go. We only, like, when did, when did Escape from New York come out? Like, 1982? Fuck it. Kind of mind. Anyways, but yeah, we, anyway, we, have, we, have suicide, we have Suicide Squad bo- type bombs on our necks because, like, we only, we only, we can only, we only have a, not only a, certain amount, a certain amount of time to do this. Because one, I'm pretty sure this is, I'm pretty sure is going to be front loaded with a bunch of other things. And two, knowing us, we got to kind of keep this thing kind of in check. So, yeah, sorry guys. And but I brought you guys here news. for the good news. So we're going to talk about this thing we never talked about, but we wanted to bring you in the first place, which was the year of Nerdum 1979. This was inspired by a panel that we, we attended a couple years ago at, a, at, a, at WonderCon. We're going to talk about the movies of, of, of a certain year. And I figured, like, I want to do that with with our show as well. But we want to expand it. We want to expand our um our pool of stuff to not just not not just movies, but like TV and also video games and also comic books and such. And, yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so, well, so yeah, but you know, it's it's weird because it's a lot of stuff, but it's very concentrated on a lot of things. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's interesting. There's some, there's there may not be too much, but there's also it's also we can get a lot of discussion out of. So that's the good news. So, uh, so yeah, this was something we we, we were going to have you on, and this was the show that we just ran too far off into. We went we went too far out into into everything that we just said. Fuck it, let's just let's just let's just keep rambling on like we always do. Mm-hmm. So, they figured, hey, we, I figured as, as an extra bonus for those of you sticking around for when we were take our sabbatical that we would record this. So yeah, why don't let's we get, get started? I was gonna say so. Let's get started because if not, these bombs are going to go off and like. I want. I, I kind of like where my head is currently attached. Like I said, if I go oh, down, so I take so you. So we all die on the uh, same I'll, ship, I'll, anyways. Yeah, anyways, so <laughs> question. So question. So question to both of you guys. What do you want to start what? first? TV, movies, video games, or comic books? Let's go comics. I, yeah. Alex, I don't mind. I don't mind. All right, comics. Actually, that's less to do anyway. Mm-hmm. There's some interesting right, uh, options in here. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. It, it was a different year for comic books. I think this is like the the first glimpses of like the the toy comic book, the, the toy comic book craze was starting was, was kind of like was starting to form at this point. We had some comic book stuff like based on toys, but I think this year I think it it, it really really hit home that that like this was going to be a thing, and we wouldn't we wouldn't hit like the apex of it till like the eighties with like GI Joe and Transformers and whatnot. But yeah, 80s but, it, mm-hmm. but 1979 brought us Shogun Warriors. Any thoughts on Shogun Warriors, guys? I know you have something right. to say about that. Right? Jared, you can go first, because he's the guest, so he goes first. Well, it's That's not it? a franchise I'm really super connected with, so unfortunately I don't actually have a lot to say on that one. There's other things on this list I have a lot to say about. Hmm. Fair enough. Shogun right. Warriors, uh, so real quick, uh, this is interesting because 
it's this it, it, the, as a, in terms of the actual comic um I remember seeing a cover of it once. I've actually, I've taken a skin for a tiny bit of it, but it's got the Fantastic Four, probably the some of the seventies like anime mechs, like like Combatler or Voltis, yeah, and all that kind, like yeah. either Combatler V or Voltis Five or whatever, and they're just trying to fight some stuff and all that kind of thing and have adventures with them. And it's like one of their enemies in that thing is also happened to be called Megatron before Megatron <laughs> became. A popularized name for another series in Mar- under Marvel's, uh, you know, works later on. Something called Transformers, but you know, so yeah, yeah. who gives a fuck about Transformers? Interesting <laughs> <laughs> though. It is interesting though because apparently, did uh, apparently it has been confirmed now that that's sort of where they got the name from, and it kind of confirmed mm-hmm. a theory where it's like it was a name that they had like left over, and they're like, fuck it, let's just use it. Yeah, that whole we're gonna take names because oh, that thing that got canceled had that name. Let's use that again. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, because apparently they, they do reference that in some of the later comic books, especially in, like, the IDW years. They reference that, that they read that same book. Mm. So, they, so they, they are self-aware that, like, they, they, some sort of self-awareness that Megatron came, that Megatron's first appearance was not in Transformers, but in Shogun Warriors. So instead of fighting yeah, Megatron, yeah. so instead of fighting Optimus Prime, he's fighting, like, Great Mazinger. Yeah, or like I said, Combat V or Voltus Five or something. I bet you Jared right now who's I bet you Jared right now is like wondering if if we if we're if we are talking about a super robots war game or we're talking about a comic book. I'm vaguely familiar yeah. with what Shogun Warriors is. It's just I never read it, I never really got into it, so I feel like I have nothing to say. Look, when we go to to the mid seventies and you want to go talk about the robot romance trilogy, you got me on for like seven hours, dude. I mean like <laughs> All right. you got me in for a Mozinger discussion, let's do it. Yeah, you know me also. But like I said, like you know, like I just like I just feel it's like so for you, so you're thinking like, is this guy talking about like, is this guy talking about Super Robot Wars, or is he just having a fever dream or whatever? But it's like, no, that that that's how the comic book was. All right, next up we have original robot, but whatever. What's next? Right. What's next on the list is Rom the Space Knight. Um, it's one of those. Rom the Space Knight is kind of weird, but um, Jared, do you have any thoughts on Rom the Space Knight? I do have a, quite a few actually. So Rom the Space Knight kind of began as this like generic robot toy. And mm-hmm. the comic gave him, like, everything. And it's really interesting if you look at Rom the Space Knight commercials, because you look at the ones before the comic, and it's just like, he comes from space, he is a robot, he has power laser. And then you go to the, after the comic had come out, and you see the commercials, it's like, they actually reference the, um, oh god, what are the evil alien guys called? The, uh, oh, uh, don't ask me, I don't, I don't, I don't know this. Oh, no, I'm talking like The diaries, yes. But yes, they reference the dire race in the commercial, like, he's come here to defend humanity from the dire race using his super da-da-da, and they go through the whole thing, and I'm like, wait, that's references to the com- Oh. <laughs> so, because I was watching a thing of, like, 70s toy commercials as, like, I do this. I watched old commercials, because I think it's actually kind of funny. And they played a couple of ROM Space Knights, and the first one was, like, just generic robot from space, and the other one had the backstory from the comics, and I was like, oh, that's so, that's so cool. They actually changed the commercials to, like, tie into the comics better. Shows you well, how yeah, popular I mean, the comics were. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he outlasted his own toy for like, let's say, like, like eight years. So it's like yeah, the the the, the, the figure, the figure. Time. Yeah, I was going to say like the, the actual toy itself was, was only like a shelf life of like one one Christmas, and that's it. But the, the it went on for so long afterwards. It's like more people associate Rom as a um, as a Marvel character than he was as like a toy character. So that's why it was like kind of weird. Was like when because yeah, long running comic, all this lore and everything. Everything for Rom the Space Knight is the comic. It's almost as if the toy was the toy of the comic and not the comic of the toy. Yeah, 
Yeah, any thoughts on, on Ramda's face night, Rob? Uh, nope, admittedly, by my own admission. So, yeah, this is one of those ones I didn't have much experience with, kind of thing. I just kind of like heard of it or kind of came to know it a little bit in, in more recent years, but yeah, so that's that. Similar right. also for the next entry, I'll say, admittedly, as well. That's just me. If there's something I don't know, I'll just put my hands up and say, don't know so much. Sorry. All right, so next thing on the list is the Micronauts. It, like I said, this is very interesting. It's like, Mike, like, Micronauts, by extension, is kind of like proto-Transformers. So, like, we're seeing the genesis of, like, Transformers things already in 79. Like, the, like the, the, throwaway, the throwaway name of Megatron, and now we have Micronauts, which they use a lot of those toys to make Transformers in Japan. So we're, we're seeing, like, the genesis of a lot of things from Transformers starting to form, like, r- as early as, like, 79. So any thoughts on, on Micronauts, um, Jared? See, here's the thing: is this is a series that I knew existed, but I never, I don't, I've never read a Micronites Knots comic in my life, and obviously I'm a little too, I'm a little too young to have actually played with the toys either. But I remember seeing the comics because they were still around in the '80s, and I was like, yeah. Micronauts, eh, Spider-Man, because <laughs> that's kind of how I was as a kid. Because the, they weren't doing the toy commercials or anything anymore. Where I go, oh, no. cool, a Joe or a Transformers comic. It's interesting because, like, uh, it's interesting with, with with Micronauts is that it outlasted not just like the toy line, but it outlasted the company that that, that they that they um that, that was making them. They were made by a company called Meagle in the United States, and it outlasted it outlasted them by like a good two years. I feel like we need to do an episode on Mego themselves because their oh, God. is amazing. Yeah, oh I God, not yes. around is is more of like a, a detriment to the rest of society. We are. They are back. Marty even said, "Fuck it, we're we're gonna release toys again." He's been releasing toys since like two thousand, since like two thousand nineteen. Even more reason to discuss this, because their old action figures are amazing. Yeah, because like they have like they they're doing like a lot of like retro style stuff from like based on everything. They they got they they're doing Star Trek. They're doing they're doing for the fiftieth anniversary for a uh, world's greatest superheroes. They brought they got back the 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 Mar- the DC license. So they're bringing doing old school style of those guys. It's interesting. <gasps> My wallet is so, but like I said, it. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's it's it, it, it's it's interesting. It's like Micronauts is, is an interesting story because like it outlasted them, and again, this is one of those things where it's like I think more people associate Micronauts characters as the characters from a comic book, not as a, as a toy as stuff from a toy. Like I said, I, I, I think a comic book until I got older and found out that they were based on a toy, kind of like Ron. And I think like I, with, I think I remember correctly. I know James Gunn wanted to use some wanted to use a couple of characters from. From uh, from Micronauts in Guardians of the Galaxy, but he couldn't because like apparently he found out like oh shit they don't belong they never belong to Marvel in the first place. Yeah, technically. That's like, yeah, huh, I would love to see a live action Rom Space Knight commercial. That a commercial, <laughs> a movie that well, I mean I guess it would be both. <laughs> I would actually like to see that Micronauts. And like I said, if I maybe I'm missing out, maybe I need to find someone who can talk a bit deeper about what the story was. But I just yeah, never I as a kid I just passed them by while reading other stuff. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of the things where it's like I I'm, I have a lot of knowledge of all these types of things, but I but on some things I don't, and it's one of the things where it's like I kind of wish I had like a little bit more more knowledge on ROM and also of Micronuts. So um so next off here is actually pretty. Is this is something pretty interesting? On the first issue of Doctor Who magazine was published, started off as Doctor Who Weekly in you know in the UK. So any mm-hmm. thoughts on uh, on it, Jared? See, this gets to me, because the show started in 1963, 
Which means they waited 16 years to make a weekly anthology comic, or not comic, it was technically uh, articles, interviews, and I think and there were comics. Yeah, and I think even short stories in there. There's a really cool magazine overall. I mean, not that I would have gotten here in America, and nor would I have known what Doctor Who was in America. <laughs> uh, even, even when I was younger, I only saw very little Doctor Who. But it is one of those things where you have a really cool magazine, and you'd think it would have come out sooner. Couldn't think it could have been out like '65 or '66, you know, yeah. you know, post Hartnell and going into like the Second Doctor time period, or maybe they wanted to put some more Hartnell adventures or something in there. But to come like that much on, you've already have several Doctors already come and gone by the point that the magazine even came out. Yeah, we're we're, we're, we're at the apex at 1979. We're like apex like Tom Baker years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, but no, it like and here's the thing, like did they did publish a few things beforehand, like you know, like annuals and stuff like that, but not a full-on dedicated book. That's, that was a, at the time a weekly a weekly book for dedicated to Doctor Who. It was always like something like you know Doctor Who and the, it's always like the Daleks attack or Doctor Who adventure, you know, the annual 1970, 1972, but never like a full-on like weekly thing. Yeah, because I mean that point with Doctor Who, like I don't know how I can't. Because I'm not all that well versed in like mega, like in the old stuff, like how fleshed out the continuity would have been by 1979, and like you know all that stuff with say if Daleks were still kind of kept simple, or they were slightly expanded with their roles they of being regular villains and that kind of deal, you know? Uh, we well, would we would be recurring villains after uh, their second appearance, because that's where uh, Susan leaves the group in order to help humanity fight the Daleks in the future. Mm. So after that, they were a constant recurrence. Yeah. And I guess Susan's just right. in the future. She never ever gets sol- so, like, resolved. So one of, one of the things that I mean, and it's interesting you bring that up because like, you were talking about if like, we're complex and stuff like that. We did that. I think like a couple. Of, I want to say like when, like seventy seven was was um that was just first year or seventy six. Oh, I'm not going to remember everyone's year off the top of my head. Uh, but anyways, but like that, 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 that in that first year we had that incredible story, Genesis of the Dialects. So like we got a, like a huge fleshing out of the, of the dialects in, in in those in that in that um That's in that true, story. Yes. Yeah, they were recurring villains so like, even up to that point, and then that one really gave them a lot more than what you got on the original story, or in the oh god, whatever the attack of uh, the dogs that invade Earth or whatever it was called back in like sixty four. Oh, that movie was Peter Crushing. Oh no no no. Um, the one where Susan leaves in during the first oh, Doctor's right. tenure, and like, yeah. like it's literally in the second year of uh, his time there, so it'd be like a sixty-four, sixty-five. Thanks when those yeah. episodes occurred. Right. I can't remember what that one's called, but it's called like Invasion of Earth or something like that. Yeah, but like I said, like what it's interesting because, like I said, like this is and this, it's interesting because, like this book still is it's still being published today. So that's 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 um that's so of course I mean. Even even the dark even in what they what they what, even in those dark years when there wasn't any Doctor Who they still would publish the book. So it it was like that's how a lot of people that's how a lot of stories from like the seventh Doctor and the eighth Doctor got kind of like got fleshed out as well. So it was a benefit to it was a benefit at a time where when there wasn't anything to watch until two thousand five when the, when the actual series started again. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that makes sense because like there's some there's some series to the UK that are like iconic and like. Really strong, really strong and lasting ones. Like, there's a similar thing of like, even though there wasn't like per se new um, productions of say Jerry Anderson's works in the '90s, there was reruns of say Thunderbirds going on and that kind of deal. And there was obviously around that same same time frame the Matchbox line of toys and re- um, reprints of the 
the I think they're seventies or whatever the the Century Twenty One uh, or TV Twenty One uh, comic runs that they had for mm. the various um, shows that they right. did, which you know like Firebolt XL Five Stingray Thunderbirds Captain Scarlet and the Mysterons etc. All those mm. yeah. We gotta do an episode with those guys with with the, about those like I I know it's on the list but it's like we have to like we have to do that one like for sure. <laughs> I told well, you I have some I have some potential recruit people that can help with that so yeah. Good, um but that, uh, but that was that's all the new comic books area of note of this of, of 1979. So here's some introductions of new of characters that we got introduced in 1979. We got introduced to Lucius Fox. Any thoughts on Lucius Fox guys? Mm-hmm. Um, um Jared. I'm kind of surprised it took all the way till 79 to introduce him. I mean, think about how old the Batman comics are, and it took till 1979 to have, like, you know, science guy assistant. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously Lucius Fox has grown and, and gotten a lot more personality over the years, because even in the 80s, he was still just kind of, like, there. Science guy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he's just, like, other business guy that Bruce can talk to, and sometimes he's developed, you know, new tools for Batman, and has really evolved quite a bit over the last... You know, thirty some years of his, forty some years of his, gosh, forty some years of his existence. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it's all known with respect to like I, to Christopher Nolan and his movies, where they actually, where he was actually kind of front and center, especially in like the last couple of years, where like they, 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 they actually made it. Like, hmm? um, any thoughts because, on, on Lucius Fox? Oh, go on. Because I was gonna say is it really helped expand the character and to an audience who didn't really know Lucius Fox because I don't think he showed up in any of the previous movies or if he did he was a cameo at best. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he, he did not in, in the previous ones. He was around mm-hmm. in the '90s animated series and obviously in any of the subsequent series that had him around. But having him actually have a bigger role in Bruce's life, I think, is a really great idea because it's nice saying that Bruce had developed a lot of his own things. But let's be realistic here: the knowledge base he would have to have to develop all his different vehicles and and gadgets would take literally yeah. decades of education in order to be able to do yeah. all that. Yeah, like. Bruce Wayne is rich, but he's not like Tony Stark level smart and genius dude. Yeah. So world's greatest yeah. detective, not world's greatest inventor. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, let's move on. Um, uh, Rob, do you have any thoughts on Lucius Fox? No, 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 not really. We've already practically covered all of it. And, yeah, the only notable bit, like yeah, beforehand was there wasn't any really ones that really stand to me of like remembering him like um, depictions wise. And like the one that sticks out the most is obviously. The Nolan era of one played by Morgan Freeman and all that kind of deal. So yeah, mm-hmm. all there right. we go. So next up, next year, next year character we got introduced to was Black Cat. I think what yes. Hardy was introduced a couple couple of years ago, a couple of years ago. But like this is the first time we get to see her in her um, Black Cat, like you know, persona. Mm-hmm. So any thoughts on Black Cat, Jared? Black Cat's amazing. I love her. She is high waifu tier. Luck powers. Thank cute you. Cat outfits. I mean, she's kind of like a super-powered Selena Kyle knockoff, but Alicia Hardy herself has adds enough flavor to the character to make her very mm-hmm. unique in her own way. And I, I think she's a Marv Wolfman creation? I might be wrong on that. I think I so, yeah. Marv Wolfman came up with her. I think she is? In, yeah, her, I think. in his long list of characters he created that he got no like residuals for and is very, 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 very sour about in his old okay, age. Okay, so the crate. Uh, uh, his the creators are Marv Wolfman, Dave Crockham, and da- and uh, Kevin and Keith um, Pollard. Oh yeah, Cockrum makes sense. So yeah, but a really cool character, fun character, sexy character, and her you know flirtatious life with Spider Man is always a lot of fun. And so whenever Peter's you know single, that's always kind of that that gal who can just return and have some flirt arounds, have some fights, team ups, or you know antagonism or yeah. whatever whatever they want her to do at the moment. And 
yeah, great character. I was glad they brought her into the 90s animated series and all subs, not all subsequent series, but a handful of subsequent series after that she's made appearances. I'm just surprised she never made it to any of the movies. You know, we've had freaking, what, eight Spider-Man movies and we've never once had Black Cat show up. There were plans. Yeah, I remember actually, oh, sorry. There were plans, uh, there, there there plans for, if, if Spider-Man 4 would have went, went through, we would have seen Black Cat. Yeah, I was going to say, they were planning to do something with her instead of turning around. I think I heard something instead of, like, the Vultures or something. Yeah, so she would have been, like, a, technically she would have been, like, the extension of, of, of the Vulture, but I'll take anything for more Felicia Harding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but, but thankfully those plans with that alternate thing with Spider-Man 4 never happened because after Spider-Man 3, people put the brakes on and yeah, well, that's, a good, that's a good thing. So Yeah, yeah if 3 had been a better movie, I think we all would be happier. <laughs> um... Any thoughts on Black Cat on Rod? Uh, Jared hit most of the points, but uh, the one thing that I recall with Felicia, um, Felicia Hardy slash Black Cat, Black Cat either way is that also she was voiced very well in the 90s Spider-Man by Jennifer Hale as well. Like She oh, always right. was well done, well portrayed as both playing around with, with Peter and all that kind of deal, and she always seemed competent, sometimes a little bit... A little bit full of herself or hot-headed at times on occasion and that kind of deal. If you go to her background, that actually makes sense. If you're making her the rich heiress anyways, like, she's going to be a little bit egotistical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she seemed like once once she was there, she was often a steadfast ally as well. Like, she didn't, mm-hmm. like, usually dip or anything or all that kind of deal. Or she, she had like, to do Bill in the cartoon. She was doing it because someone was forcing her to do it. it wasn't yeah, just pretty much. And I mean, she was even... And stealing stuff. <laughs> She was pretty much even also even draft, drafted for the Secret Wars like mini version they did. Yeah, and that's part of Mantra. So yeah. I was gonna say like one of the things I found interesting in the cartoon is they actually like they actually like intertwined her origins with um with, with Captain America. Oh yeah, with the Super Soldier mm-hmm. yeah. formula. Yeah, I remember that. So, so I mean, it's a, so like if you want to see like, not not the definitive but, like one of the better reinterpretations of Black Cat, the, the animated series from the nineties. Thumbs up. Um, next up we have the Alpha Flight. Jared, okay, so I was a big expert. X-Men fan growing up, so of course I was familiar with Alpha Flight. I didn't read a lot of Alpha Flight issues. It was more when they would show up in like the Wolverine comic or they'd show up in the X-Men comic. I was always aware that they were around. Um, I've only read a few Alpha Flight comics my entire life, one of which, of course, is the iconic one where uh, North Star comes out, which is a really mm-hmm. well-written uh, one about, you know, how the government and you know obviously they're talking about canada but i you know obviously america really does apply to this is kind of trying to ignore the aids crisis and just sweep it under the rug now captain maple leaf like just loses his mind because his son died of aids and no one will say a thing about it no one will talk about it why won't you do anything to try to cure this and to finally have that push north star to say okay i'm going to come out and talk about how aids is something we need to stop it's a really really good issue and you know and it's it's to a team who isn't you know the a, an A tier team. This isn't the Avengers. This isn't the X Men. This isn't the Fantastic Four. It's Alpha Flight. And it was kind of cool having these weird Canadian superheroes. Um, I like the idea of making teams from around the world. I just like it when they're handled better. Like, I'm not going to deviate too far, but I don't think the uh, Big Hero Six comics from back in the day have aged particularly well. No, they haven't. And I think they did a much better job when Disney made an animated movie out of them and changed mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> One of the better. Yeah, so I'm kind of in the mindset of like, like I liked um, Excalibur. You know, I didn't read a lot of Excalibur comics just because they weren't oh, on the newsstands as often as you might think. But I liked the concept of like this British team. Now, it was 
mostly made up of Americans, but there were other British you know, hero teams that we didn't even get in America because of Marvel UK. And I love Ugh. the concept of every country having their Avengers equivalent. And Alpha Flight is that for Canada. And the characters are really likable. I kind of wish I'd read more mm. of the comics back in the day. But again, it's just, you know, when you only have so much money and you can only buy so many comics, you're going to go for the big names. If I'm going Marvel, I'm going Spider-Man, X-Men, or Hulk. You know, Alpha Flight is a whole, oh, I have already read all these. Oh, I guess I'll take an Alpha Flight. I, they show up yeah. in I bet they're like either a B or a C-ish team kind of deal. Yeah. yeah so, you know. It's like, it's a, it's a thing you don't, it's a thing you pick up when there's no more Iron Man. Yes. All right. So, um, uh, Rob, any thoughts on the Alpha Flight? Okay. okay. Um, yeah. Um, not too many thoughts on them because, I mean, I, I never really read them, but I do have some tiny bit of familiarity from them. Because obviously the '90s X-Men series as well, they, they had multiple episodes that they crossed over. Yeah, and they yeah. had crossed over with Wolverine and his origin story, and the whole government uh, conspiracy with Wolverine's origin on that kind of deal. And because that's all kind of interme- intermingled, that you know Wolverine's a little bit angsty at them, or at least Guardian on that kind of deal. Like you know, you kind of set me up before and all that kind of deal, and all yeah. that, or trying to take me back and all this kind of shit. Because if they get him. They get to poke around at Wolverine painfully and get try to get his adamantium secrets and that kind of deal again to like make more adamantium, you know, super soldier people like Wolverine hopefully and all this kind of shit. So yeah. not just that, it's like he, he knows the kind of pain he was suffering when he was when he was when he was being probed and being experimented on during those during those days. So it's like yeah, I don't think he. I don't, so it's like the so finding out secrets about so finding out secrets about his adamantium about the adamantium is is the least of his problems when when they've been experimenting on him and doing. Horrible, horrible things to him as well. Yeah, so they, so, so to an extent, they, you know, it was at least implied, at least in the card, when I remember that they, they sort of knew, or at least Guardian, the leader dude, mm-hmm. sort of knew. So, yeah, and then, oh yeah, that's right, they called him Vindicator originally, then, then I think, maybe? I don't know, I'm, I'm getting confused. Yeah, the problem with some of the naming things, and also Valpha Flight. I think they've... Also character it's one of those things. A couple characters yeah. died and got replaced with other characters over time. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it was wacky. Like they had like Sasquatch as well. It was just mm-hmm. like this big. It's beast. That's all I say. It's beast, but if you didn't, if you didn't, it, 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 but it's beast if you made him taller. Yeah, yeah, sort of. Not a smart, furry dude. Yeah, uh-huh. not like beast level. I'm making supercomputers smart. <laughs> well, like, have you read this book? It's, this is a, such a fascinating book. You have to watch. You have to read this. But personally, we all, we we had. I gotta say, like to close this out because I I I want to move on. But we all gotta admit one thing: we all love Puck, right? Guys, yes, guys, Puck, Puck, yes, Rob, you like fun. Puck? My Puck is in what? Puck is in as an extra flight. Short flight. dude who bounces around. Yes. Sometimes he has a walking mustache. All right, and finally, the other character, the final character we got introduced in 1979 is Scott Lang's version of Ant Man. Take it take it away, Jared. I'll be honest here, I never really read the Ant-Man comics. I just didn't care. Um, right. <laughs> just straight up, I thought of he was... Even though um, H- uh, Hank Pym and uh, Janet are both founding members of the Avengers in the comics, I n- never read their stuff. I just, I looked at them as mm-hmm. like, you know, we, we're talking about Alpha Flight being on the lower tier of comics I would buy. Ant-Man would be below that. Um, I liked them yeah. in the Avengers when they'd show up. I mean, everyone loves Janet. But... Uh, it was one of those things where they were just so he was just such a non-existent character to me and i thought shrinking and growing are just stupid powers and by the way that doesn't just go for ant-man for all the dc heroes who can do the exact same thing i also thought it was stupid i don't know why yeah, I, think we have, 
but one. I'm just not a fan of it. I think we had the discussion a few times when it came to like because like I like the Adam, but you 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 like you you're kind of indifferent. So that, that, that so like you know because like you know, I want I want I, I want him being so small that he thinks that everything everything's like everything's war everything's a Frank Pizzetta drawing, and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about, Ramses? No, I know what you're talking that's, about. That's like, I've, I've read an Adam comic because he's part of the original Zatanna miniseries. So yeah. I'm I've read, like, that's the only Adam I've ever read. <laughs> Otherwise, I was gonna say, but like you know, as like I said, like the, like you know, just cut the, the, I mean, just the, like I said, it's like you know, I have I have my thoughts. I have my thoughts on on, the, on, on these characters. Well, not that strong, but it's like you know, when it comes to when it comes to actual Adam, because like I, I I'm with you on on, on Scott Lang. Which is, I just never read that many stuff with Scott Lang. The only thing I, I remember watching before, prior to the movie, the, the movies was um the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, where they actually did a really good job with like with, with in in that story when they when they adapted that story. Into the con- into the TV show, um, Rob. Any thoughts on Scott Lang? Yeah. Okay. I'll keep this short and simple. Uh, yeah. Never really read him, read, read him or any Ant Man stuff and that kind of deal. So no real familiarity comics wise. Uh, to touch on that super quick with Avengers e- EMH or Earth's Mightiest Heroes. That um, yeah, they only really had him in like one or two episodes, as far as I recall. But he was voiced actually rather nice bit, uh, rather nicely by Crispin Freeman, if I recall correctly. Yes. I think. So that was good. Even though, you know, Ant-Man, um, Hank Pym himself was also in that one. And actually a somewhat better version of you know... His yellow jacket. The original? Either way, either way, either way is both as the original. Because, you know, um, you know, as Hank Pym was in that one. He was better, he was better worked in that card than anyway as well. And yeah, even though yellow jacket, he was kind of the same. He was kind of better. He was Kind of. I was thinking about the design. Yeah, I like some nice. of the des- the redesigns in Earth's Mightiest Heroes. The yellow jacket redesign, I think, is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also true. Um, and then moving on to the movies real quick. Yeah. Um, and Ramsey knows this, but um, I guess I'll throw <laughs> I'll throw it at Jared as well. A quick question: That uh, when you look at Scott Scott Lang's uh, current uh, you know costume, because it's obviously mm-hmm. more modernish take, even for compared to comics wise. Do you get a bit of a slight common Rider vibe off him? When you look at him, that wasn't what I was first thinking. I, I initially looked at it, and I'm like, "Are they doing some sort of weird, like Star Wars, like stormtrooper outfit for him?" And now, now I'm mm-hmm. just thinking, they're like, "Oh, everyone needs to have like a knockoff Iron Man suit." I'm just gonna say this: I hate yeah. the new design. The design in the first movie is fine. It looks like the comics. Mm-hmm. It, I like the way they did the helmet. But then, if each movie they've just made his outfit look stupider and stupider, and I'm like, why? Well, that's what I mean. Well, that's what I, well, I should clarify then. I do mean more so the first Ant Man look because it's kind of got this mix of like leather, metal, black and red. Oh, the, reddish, the original like, one? Yeah, I can see that. I can see a little common writer yeah. influence there. I don't think that's intentional just because of who was mm-hmm. making it. But it, you do have that look. Not only do you have the bug theming, but you have the, the way the belt is set up on there. And then, yes, the leather and the mm-hmm. metal. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel it is unintentional unless there's some sort of behind the scenes thing that someone said, oh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Common Rider and I thought that'd be cool for the uniform. Yes, yeah, yeah, because actually, now I think about it, the later so ones better than the new stuff that just looks like knockoff Iron Man stuff. Yeah, yeah, because they've sort of more drifted into like those armory kind mm-hmm. of looks more and more. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair. That's completely fair. All right, so fair. why don't we move on to what's next? Francis? Okay, so what do you guys want to talk about next? What's video next? games or co- video games, TV or movies? TV could be fun or video games, whatever Rob wants. Right. Well, I say video games because then that's because then that one's not too long to go through. So let's right, do it. Just kind of. Go for that. Yeah, congratulations. This is this might be this might be one of the more simpler topics that we discussed. But I don't think we can go that much in depth because because you gotta realize one thing about video games at this time. Video games at that time was just 
was like vectorized graphics, and that's it. I, I think I think I think we were I think I think we were like about a year, two years before before Pac-Man, and a year before uh, and a year before um, Space Invaders. So we so there was a lot of like things that still haven't appeared yet. So it was like this was like post um, post Atari like breaking through with like Pong and stuff like that. So we're still we're, we're still in that high of that of that stuff. So so I expect a lot of like just very simple like. Things as we as we uh, as we discuss a lot of these games. First game on the list. Is... I was gonna say the only the first two on the list. I think I can make any commentary about. All right. This is so going, like, even by my retro game love, this is going bef- uh, you know pre this the time period I usually retro game. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I don't think I don't think anybody of I don't think anybody of our age knows no, like like no like I don't think they, I don't think have particular knowledge of like like you know, like. Only to like recently when like the old lore masters, as we like to call them, like pass down this information to like the to, to the new generation. But we still like we like if push comes to shove, we would rather be playing like Donkey Kong or Super Mario than say our first game, Asteroids. Asteroids is a fun, simple game. You're in a little spaceship. There's asteroids around you. You blow stuff up. You try not to get crushed. You earn points. It's a point chaser. Yep. It had cool vector graphics, and it was actually very revolutionary for the time. And Led to a lot of knockoffs and a lot of wannabes, and if not for asteroids, oh, we never would have gotten Defender a couple years later. I was gonna say, you want to talk about knockoffs? Holy shit, they knocked that game out so much yes. back in the days. <laughs> it's like asteroids, and then you got like you know meteors from space or something like that, or like just some weird knockoff after knockoff. That was the thing. Knockoffs were were so prevalent in, in the in the oh, in the seventies and eighties. Just no kidding. Like, I think I think. I think the more interesting thing is, like, other than that, than the game itself is that just talking about like the, the knockoffs and the stuff that they use using the using the technology with the technology with using the technology of like the of, like the boards and stuff like that. So, any thoughts on 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 asteroid Rob? Uh, not particularly. Jared already touched on a lot, and it's like I can't really anything to that. Yeah, yep, defending yourself from asteroids. That's it. So there we go. Yeah, that's why it's like they're really. They're, they're really, they're really, they're really it's so simple. You can't really you can't really add anything onto that. Next. Next up, we have Galaxian. Which I always thought, like, I always thought um, that came afterwards. Before, like, I always thought Galaxian came first, but nope, Galaxian came first. So, any thoughts on Galaxian, um, Jared? It's a fun game. It still holds up. I, although I think I'm more familiar with uh, Galaxian with uh, Galaga actually than Galaxian. But I've played it on one yeah, of those. Yeah, it looks like a part like, of Galaga old, anyway, really. So, um, arcade. You know, mm-hmm. we have all these old games on this one arcade machine. You know, things, and I, I have fun with it. I love uh-huh. the the classic you know we're, we're trying to take space invaders but do it better and that's exactly what this is with a lot more no, enemies coming down at you and you know new enemies appearing and it's, it's fun mm-hmm. any thoughts on, yep. on, on galaxian rob i already kind of said it's short and simple but i'll say it again real quick yeah it, it kind of does basically feel like a proto galaga and that's basically it in that way because that's like that mid-step between space invaders that are moving like horizontally left to right and then coming slowly down at you towards your bases or whatever or your shield things. Yeah. Yeah, they're just advancing and shooting at you kind of thing and that's it. And it doesn't feel as fast paced as Galaga, but yeah, it's got the same like setup as it already going in. So yeah. Yeah, and like and, and of course that game of course uh, Galaxian evolved to Galaga and then from that Gaiopolis. I wanna say too that um it's I I don't want I wanna say that uh I want to say there was, there was someone. There was another game in that um in, in that timeline that that fits in. But I am like completely mm. drawing a blank on it. But that's fine. Uh, what next game on 
the list and I lost the list. Oh, here it is. Uh, we have an early Nintendo game, Sheriff. Uh, Jared, you have any thoughts? I don't even know what this game is. I'll be honest. Is this one of those uh, Hogan's Alley games or something? I'm trying uh, to think. Is this maybe the game that I'm thinking it is from that arcade game from Back to the Future or not? Well, that no, was Hogan's Alley. Wild that Wild no, 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 wait, wait. That's Wild Gunman. Wild that's Gunman. Wild Gunman. Gunman. Never mind. Hogan's, but it's the same concept. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. No. In other words, obviously, no, I don't, Ramsey. Why don't you okay. tell us? Okay. So the game is basically you're 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 kind of like you you kind of like squared off in a, in a in a triangle. And you're supposed to shoot down people from like from all the sides that are coming down from like but like there's these bandits quote unquote coming down from the sides and you're supposed to shoot them before they get into that that, that area. It's like very oh, okay. it's very very proto um very proto like you know, those tower defense without the tower defense. Mm. So kind of like a yeah, almost so would evolve into a twin stick shooter kind of thing. Yeah, I think like we we you can trace this you can trace like the beginnings of this to like say Robotron and then to um. Smash TV, total, uh, total Carnage, and then the like twin stick shooters we have today. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn, I know. It two. looks very simple. I actually, I actually went up looking for it, and it looks fairly simple, actually. You may have seen, you may have seen this character. You may have seen the sheriff like sprite in Super Smash Bros. as an assist trophy. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the the oh yeah, the little yellow sheriff dude. That yes, that's that's what that's where they got it from. Again, this is from this is the, this is a Nintendo game pre Donkey Kong. So. Yeah, that's why it's kind of important because like, this is like right after they started making Pong, Pong Cops. And it's just that like, this is one of their, their first original games. This is like one of the first few original games they made. And then after that, well, they made, we all know what happens afterwards. So after that, we have uh, Adventurer. Adventure for, on the Atari 2600. Any thoughts on Adventure, Jared? That's a proto RPG, essentially, isn't it? Uh, exploring mm-hmm. through a dungeon, trying to find the treasures to try to solve the puzzle to you know, save the day. Very basic, and there's no level uh, grinding or anything. But you know, for the time, it it did quite a bit to bring RPGs to home consoles. Any thoughts on any thoughts on uh, on uh, on Venture, um, Rob? Uh, yeah, not overly really to add. So yeah, because I don't think I played Adventure or saw anything of it. So yeah, yeah, and Jared hit up all the good points. It's like it's a very proto. It's a like, proto RPG. I think like this. This is stuff. This is stuff that like predates like I want to say like RPG. It, it predates like the adventure game itself. Like you can trace this game, and then you can see like the influence from this game. I think some of the people that worked on this game ended up working on this one. They ended up working on uh, on Pitfall afterwards. So you can that would make sense. There's definitely so there's definitely like crossover between like Pitfall and Adventure, and then like from from there we can we get to see that we get to see that all that stuff expand from like their influence when we had like stuff like. Like Pitfall Two, and then that that stuff influenced like games like Super Mario, like not Super Mario, but like Legend of Zelda, yada yada yada. Again, it's like we're seeing the inner, we're seeing the inner workings of like of old, of all these old games. Like, like it's it's fascinating to see these old games in the context that like when we see the new games. Then um, we have here next Lunar Lander. Any thoughts on Lunar Lander, Eric? I've never heard of it. I'll be honest. Lunar Lander, Rob. I know of it. I don't. I'm not sure if I've played or not, but I know of it. Uh, I've seen stuff of it before. You're just in like a lunar buggy. You, you move from the left to the right. You gotta like dodge stuff, like jump over things and shoot at stuff, kind of um and all that kind of deal. And that's it, basically, isn't it? And rescue dudes. I, I think. Say, I, I think. If not, at least at least the rest of what I described is right. Anyway, I can't remember if you rescue dudes or not. That's the that's the only thing. And you are completely wrong. That is not the right game. <laughs> That's not you're, thinking Lunar 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 Lunar. Lunar. you're thinking of Lunar <laughs> Rover. 
Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait. Is that the one where you land the 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 the, 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 the Apollo landing on the surface? The... Yes, on the moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. I got the wires crossed. Actually, I think I have played that because it's like you have to adjust your thrust and that crazy shit. Uh huh. I do remember that now. Oh, okay. I got the completely confused. Hey, you think okay, okay. The rover is lunar lander where you have to like land on the actual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. But I've played lander. I have played that before. I do remember. I do recall that. Yeah. So it is kind of. Yeah, and, 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 because... We play. We and I think like everybody has played a variation of lunar lander. Like either like you know like through, like through, like computers or like through the phone. Like remember, there's gotta be like cheap ass phone app or like some like free app that does the same exact thing. Yeah, there's been many games and other games that have had something like that. If it, if it's the way I'm imagining it in my mind. Yeah. All right. Also, yeah, yeah, like you have to like find like a flat surface to land on and like adjust your thrust or not like crash into the side of like a little mountainside thing or something or your thrust too quick and then yeah, it's, it would wreck it's, you. It's, it's landing. Like, and this is just, this tells you like the wild west of like how arcade games were. This thing had like like this thing had like like a thing so you can control your um you can control your thrust and actually like like actual actual lever. I was like they 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 kind of they kind of went all out on this one. All right, so the final game here that is of importance is a game called Hyankyo Alien. I doubt any of you guys have played this game, but the, out of curiosity, um, Jared, never you, heard of it or heard... played it. That's I, when I saw it on the list, I'm like, what the Rob? hell is that? Uh, nope, same same answer. Okay, yeah. um, have you played any of the Lolo games? Yes, on the NES, Egg, uh, Eggerland. If, you, if for those of you who may not remember even familiar with that name, all right, that it's like proto that game. Oh, that sounds fun, actually. You move, you move blocks around to like stop aliens. That's essentially the game. Yeah, again, you're starting to see, you're starting to see like a direct correlation from like these games right here to games we're gonna see in the future that we know a lot more of. Mm -hmm. and, that, and, that, and that's our element of games. That's our, of our video games. Like I said, like, it, that one's gonna be really short, but it's less, it's it's less like the, it's less us talking about the games and more like we from this time we can see as early as 1979 the stuff that we see in the 1980s as 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 it expands like we get to see the evolution of these games go on to like different games altogether so we have two we have two more lists left tv or movies where you guys want to go first just go small screen to big screen all right small screen it is fair enough our first show we have from 1979 is the dukes of hazard uh, uh jared your thoughts on the dukes of, on the duke boys okay so this is gonna make everyone hate me when i was a little kid i loved this show it was just. I don't blame you. One, my family is from the South, so let's just put that there. Not like in a racist sort of way. We're from Tennessee. It's pretty much as north yeah. as you could get while still being South. But seeing Southerners as heroes and not just dumb bumpkins was nice. I mean, yeah, the sheriff was kind of a dumb bumpkin. But and then you know you get to see the car drive around. That was an awesome car. And you know they're always trying to do some good deeds, but of course they had to you know race around in the car in order to solve everything. Everything involved with the car. You know, so it's like Knight Rider later on. Yeah. Somehow we have to use a car to solve everything, but they have the uh, like the cast. And you know, yes, the general Lee did not age as well as you know some things. But I will say this also, since I don't think anyone's going to bring it up, my older brother forced me to watch the the remake movie they did in like the late '90s, early 2000s with like uh, oh. whoever I can't remember, was Jessica Simpson or someone who played the uh, Jessica Simpson, played Jason Daisy, Scott Lee, um, and it was Jason Scott and. and yeah. um, and Johnny Knoxville, and also yes. um, and it was a surprisingly, of, of Jesse. It was a surprisingly enjoyable movie, 
And I was like, this movie is way better than it's any right to be. And I love the fact that when they drive the General Lee into town, to to, like the city, and it was looking at the car like, what the hell? Why do you have a car painted like that? And the Duke boy's like, what's everyone all at? Because they're so, you know, out there in the country, they didn't even think that, you know, that maybe the rebel flag might have some problems. And I thought it was a fun movie. And, you know, you can hate it. It's different than the show, but at least they tried to have some fun with it. They're a little tongue in cheek. And it, it's not nearly as bad as you might think it would be. I'm not going to say go out and watch it. It's the greatest comedy of all time. I'm just saying it's way better than it's any right to be. I don't know if the old show has aged great. And take the General Lee out of the equation in terms of like, you know, what that stands for. Because that's not what the show was about. No, I don't know if a show about a couple of like, you know, good old boys in their car racing around to save the day would really aged great in terms of that. Because it's just such a every episode's the same. But I remember being a little kid, yeah. every time they made a jump in the car, it was like, yeah, I was like super hype about it and stuff. I want to point out I was like three, four five, six, whatever. Um, but yeah. it's a fun, weird um, relic of Americana. Uh, Rob, your thoughts on, on the on the Dukes of Hazard? Uh, I just know of it. I never really watched it overly much. I just know of it. I just know of it. People right. with cars doing stuff, tracing bad guys and all stunts and that kind of deal. And that's it. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it was like 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 it's stuff like this that we got this that we got like movies like Cannonball Run, Smoking the Bandit, and whatnot. I think mm-hmm. oh, actually did Smoking the Bandit come out before this? I think that was like seventy six. So, I believe. actually, yeah, I think that's the late seventies. So I think it predates it yeah, slightly. So, but the Duke's Hazard would probably exist because that movie was popular. Yeah, but if I want to say like that, like I want to say that's like a product. That's totally a product of Hal Needham. Um, all right, so um, I want to I, I want to do something different here. This is something that we already discussed before, but I want to give the floor to Rob on this one. The adventures of the new adventures of Flash Gordon. Rob, I know you have a huge love for this. We already discussed this before, but please indulge us. Tell us. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, we ran off this before in the filmation uh, little episode, but uh, yeah, this is um, might kind of repeat myself from those thoughts from before, but uh, this is a probably one of the best um animated depictions of Flash Gordon that was that has been made, at least as far as I can recall. And yeah, simple. Well done, actually, surprisingly, for filmation. Solid voice cast of people. Like, you got Robert Ridgely as Flash, Diane Pershing as Dale, Alan Oppenheimer is Ming, and Zarkov, and other characters. And you also have, you know, like, Prince Baron, you have Tun the Lion Man, you have Princess Aura, etc. And all those. And, yeah, and it's... it's it's fun. It's it's not it's not too stupid. Like it has my it might have some occasional silly little antics in episodes, but it has some usually some good ideas for episodes that it presents and that kind of thing and all that. Like I kind of brought before, like a few episodes I remembered and all that. Like I got the whole series on DVD when I found out when I found it in in the I want to say the early or mid two thousands or something or something like that when they, everything started coming out on DVD. I was like. Yeah. Oh, filmation Flash Gordon! I've just got to have you. I've just got to have you completely in my hands. The whole thing. Just take you with me and just keep you. Yes. So yeah. Anyway, I'm actually curious to hear what Jared would want to say on this one because actually, <laughs> this is gonna upset you. Know, you considering he missed that episode. Considering he missed that episode. Also, anyway, unless you've gone back and listened to it on your own accord. But yeah, anyway. I have never seen this. I know of its existence. I have never seen it. And just hearing that voice cast, I'm like, man, I need to find an episode of this because this is going to be amazing. Oh! So you, you sold me on it. It's free. It's free on YouTube. Yeah. Well, it's on YouTube. Yeah. It. 
I'll leave the show right I'll now. Leave you. Also, defenders, also defenders of the earth as well. And other things like that. I have yeah. seen defenders of the earth. Um, that's that's mm-hmm. up there if like Jace in the Wheel Riders in terms of like stupid cartoons from my childhood that I just like rediscovered because of uh, panels I went to and people talking about old school cartoons at cons, um, including a, a TV show that was way way better than it had any right to be, which with Cadillacs and dinosaurs, but that's a discussion for a very different episode, and I hope I'm invited to whenever that shows up as a topic. I'll, I'll see. Well, the funny thing, too, oh, sorry to interrupt, um, and I've got to say on that episode, in fact, um, Ming's voice is sounding very much like a proto Skeletor voice you there, anyway. Yeah. I'll think that overdoing you something you know, offensive. Oh. Well, it's, just, it's, just, it's funny, in retrospect, this came out a few years before He-Man and everything else, but he was doing kind of that same kind of voice. But without the added extra echo and mm-hmm. production, that or, or you know all that they added for the vocal effect for Skeletor, but you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right, yeah. So uh, like uh, my thoughts, I, uh, my thoughts is that it's a it's an amazing show. Like it's a, it's free on YouTube. Like legit from uh, from from Team Features, the guys who actually put put up the who put up the actual like the actual comic strip in the United States. So if you want to like check them out, I'll link it on the I'll link it in our description. But it has to be seen because I think it's like one of like. Like, like we like I said before, this is one of like filmation's best with like He Man and like and Star Trek as well. Like like if there's like if there's like a if there's like a, if there's like a like a tier list, this will be like number one. He Man will be um like Star Trek will be number two and He Man will be like number three. Um. Mm. So um so what uh, so going back to going back to the TV, we have here Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo. Our first introduction to Scrappy Doo. Jared, your thoughts? Okay, so. Here's the thing I always say. I'm not a big Scooby-Doo fan, and that's a whole other discussion I don't want to get into here because it'll take up the rest of the episode. But I have a lot of reasons for not liking it, and man, if I was pointing out that like Duke's a hazard is formulaic, geez, Scooby-Doo takes it to another level. However, mm-hmm. the one thing I've never ever understood is everyone's hatred of Scrappy-Doo. I do not hate Scrappy-Doo. I've never had a reason to hate Scrappy-Doo. It's nice having a proactive yeah. character in the group. But you have Shaggy and Scooby wanting to get high and like eat sandwiches... Scooby snacks, you know, and then Scrappy's like, "Hey, let's go after that ghost or that monster or whatever. Let's let's be proactive and do stuff." And I'm like, "I appreciate this." Did they have a stupid catchphrase? Sure, but a lot of characters had stupid catchphrases. So Zoics people occasionally they get catchphrases in Scooby Doo. Yeah, Pinkies. but uh, I've seen several episodes of it because I had a lot of friends and family that love Scooby Doo, including my younger brother, including you know my cousin and stuff like that. So, you know, and I. I, I liked Scrappy, honestly. And when when Scrappy's written right, like say in Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo, which Scrappy's also in that, you know, and he's there, it's nice to have that proactive member of the team. It can't always just be Fred. Occasionally, you need someone else to say, "Let's go solve this mystery and help these people." You realize why now that they had to they had to they had to get Vilma and um not Vilma yeah Vilma. Uh... Daphne and also Fred out of the show because like they they already had a proactive character and that was Scrappy. Yep. Um. Any thoughts? Yeah. Any thoughts on on Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo, my friend Rob? Uh when I think about it, um, I, 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 my thoughts on the Hanabera stuff is like, like I can't remember how much of like what is what for Scooby Doo because it's been going on for so long and some of it starts to really honestly. Went together oh, a lot, God, yeah. and I kind of deal with the like the years of like when Scrappy kind of joined and started, and when he was just well, this will, there or like, otherwise. Well, this so, this will technically be his first. This will be his like first appearance. Yeah, 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 yeah. But some of the like, he was around a fair bit as well, even after that point, because it's like oh, they got to him, and he's just a thing. He's a staple of the show, kind of often in the lands. 
you know. So I don't, I'm not that I necessarily would say I hate him, but there were times he could get on your nerves and that kind of deal because of the way he was. So I don't know. I just feel kind of mixed on him, and then just the live yeah. action movie still pisses um, me off for their treatment of scrap, Scrappy Doo. Just gonna say it. Um. Um. So well, you can blame James Gunn for that one. Yeah, I know. But, uh, the reason why I was worried about Guardians when he got announced, <laughs> I was like, "What? Guardians? I mean, oh god, this movie's gonna suck." I sort of. I sort, I sort of, I sort of almost get that it was like an alternate take Scrappy that became. Yeah, no, I, I understand what he's doing. I'm saying that stuff, it, it upset yeah. me because you didn't have to treat Scrappy Doo. He could have not just, he could have been not in the movie, and it would have been fine. Like you could have had someone else. Like two were just the various monsters and stuff, and come back. Like that's that works a lot better in my opinion. But again, also, discussion also, like, for a Scooby Doo episode. Oh, but yeah, like I said, like I, I wasn't really that. Like I, I, I want to say I'm a huge fan of it. I wasn't offended either. Like I was, it was like, yeah, whatever. It's it's a Scooby Doo episode with Scrappy, whatever. No, like it's something to kill time. Like you know, I I really have no like I really have no like hate for him. More like indifference. Does that make sense? I'm just like indifferent about him for the most part. So, but like I said, but like you know, I think like I think you can get away. I think in 2022, I think like you know, I always said to I always say to people, if you want to do something, you know, at, you know, try a challenge. Like you know. You have parameters, see what you can do with these parameters and see what kind of show you can get out of it from these parameters. And thinking like how would a how would a how would a scrappy do work in 2020, 2022, 2023, depends on when this episode goes up. So that's that's how that's my mentality. It's like, you know, let's see how far we can go with this character in this current day of age with like more creativity. Next up we have Buck Rogers and the twenty fifth century. Century, century, century. Um, this is the live this was the live action show. It's a robot. Um, I everything? Think, I'm so pre- <laughs> yeah, with Tiki. Okay, so. Here's the thing about this show. My mom would show me, or she'd search for the reruns of the old 70s and 60s like sci fi shows. So, especially you know during the summer or on Sundays when there's nothing else going on. So, this would be tucked together with like, uh, uh, the heck's it called? Uh, Lost in Space, Land of the Giants, things like that. And I loved this show. One, the robot is just great. And and being a little kid, you know, obviously I'm going to love the robot. And then as an adult, like, having seen clips of old episodes, I'm like, man, this show was, like, fun and, like, kind of a little risque when it needed to be. I was going to say, this show, that show's fucking horny. Yes. Very. <laughs> <laughs> but they did it in a way where they could get away with it, where, like, kids could watch and they wouldn't get, like, the entendres. Um, and it's yeah. definitely one of those but, like, characters but, uh, but, and but worlds were... Were... If I had the opportunity to write like a new TV series or a new movie, I would have so much fun putting a 21st century Buck Rogers into a really weird future. I'm gonna say like you know, I'm gonna say it's like the 70s are fucking horny as shit because you also had you, you also had Dukes of Hazard with like Daisy Duke. God yeah. stakes, man. But it was played up like <laughs> you know, no one because she was the cousin of the Duke boys. You know, no one was really it was it was always whatever character of the day would be like whoa. Because it's really beautiful. Yeah. Is she? I guess so. <laughs> like, it was played up for laughs. That's true. Kind of like Ellie Mae. Aaron Gray, uh, holy fuck, uh, Beverly Hillbillies. It was just played up well, for laughs. But in here, yeah, yeah but still, go, like Buck Rogers is like, I'm in the future. I need to put my dick in everything. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, Aaron Gray's in the tightest cats who you can, or, you, they can find in the wardrobe. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. Like before this, they, they, what they did was actually release the. They actually released like the the, the pilot as a movie, mm-hmm. like combat against Star Wars, 
and like the literally the, the fucking intro is like a James Bond theme and it's like just like the it's like a James Bond motif where it's like you know how like in before they would always have like some sexy girl posing as the as as, as a song plays. They did the same thing with like with like with that. It was like the most disco the disco tactic thing you can ever think of. I'll put like, in description. Like one tenth when, when, the budget of Star Wars. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Um any thoughts on, on Buck Rogers Rob? Uh I okay. Here's gonna be the weird thing. I can't recall if I saw anything of the show and all that, right? But I remember I've read like one of those small occasional comic things, like think where like Buck would go to like an outpost or something and check for, check on things and that kind of deal. Uh, like, you know, in his whatever his um some of Star Fight because that's about like life to go. Whatever his ship was, like the the all this stuff. That shows how much I know about this um series. He was he just went there to check some shit and that kind of deal and then Got into a shootout or something, or then left the planet and then headed back eventually, and all that kind of deal. I mean, it's basically kind of planet thing, of so. the day yeah. or problem of the day, so that would make sense for the comics as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the most I remember with in that regard, because yeah, I do remember when Memphis bought the name. Oh, yeah, that's the name of the robot. It's like Tiki or yeah, whatever Tiki. it is, kind of thing, anyway. Yeah. yeah Tiki, so, yeah. Tiki is voiced by Mel Blank. Yep. Um, huh. Yeah. I posted the intro in our private little discord but i'll post it also in our, in our show notes as well all right this might be something you guys you guys might know a lot about so but we, we'll try and keep it brief as much as we can this uh, it's just it's obscure ass anime i don't know what like i i've never heard of this one before uh mobile suit gunman um boy something like that something nice or another um it's one of those weird japanese cartoons with robots so any thoughts on that weird japanese cartoon with robots on um, jay as the guy who does the History of Giant Robots panel, I guess I can talk a little bit about this obscure series. This was a cartoon show in Japan where the creator was like, hey, I like making depressing giant robot shows. Let's make an even more depressing one that features a real war with realistic consequences, character deaths, and let's run out of, let's get our budget cut so that we have to like rush our last four episodes in order to finish the series. Because the toys didn't sell. Because the toys were garbage. And having character deaths and deep, heavy themes don't really sell toys to 10-year-olds. Jokes aside, although most of that's actually true, um, yeah. it's obviously one of the most influential giant robot series that's ever been made. It yeah. gave mm-hmm. birth to the real robot genre, yep. where we tried to make things more realistic. I mean, for worlds of giant robots. It gave us one of the best uh, super, uh, robot pilot heroes, Amuro Ray, and one of the most iconic characters whose merch sells to this day... Char Aznable. I was gonna, I was gonna say, uh, anything, a anything? toilet, and people would buy that toilet because they have a Char toilet. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you forgot, you forgot the obvious joke. It's like you put Char's face on something; it sells out three times as fast. Oh God! Hello, you, you and my brother right now. We're both like face palming. How did he miss that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but keep going, keep going. So, um. Obviously, this series actually got much more popular uh, in rerun with older audiences, and then with the invention of the Gundam model kits, or Gumpla as we call them now, this started to fund <laughs> the later shows that now has made an empire with over 10 different timelines and a bunch of different shows and OVAs and comics and novels and etc. that tie into said 10 different timelines. Actually, it's more than that. I think now it's like up to 11 or 12 at this point. So... There's a lot there, and it can't be understated how influential this show is. So much so that one of the episodes that was a poorly animated mess 
was remade as a theatrical movie this year. And yes, I have seen it. And yes, I am right. I have written recorded a review for it and hopefully that will be out in december which it should have been out two All months right. ago i've mm-hmm. just been really busy of october stuff and then november like i got distracted by a tv show and yeah all right um <laughs> the floor is yours rob i know you have a lot to say about this okay 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 more suit gundam the year was 0079 in the universal century mankind has gone to space that 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 but you know that whole intro it's a great intro Oh, this yeah, this has already set so many things or like things that from this point kind of became staples for Gundam period for the whole franchise's up to now forty odd years existence, which you know is just a tiny bit more older than Transformers, but you know how that goes. And then yeah, the Red Rifle and uh, sometimes the not always wanted protagonist because well yeah, actually Witch from Mercury is completely flipped on its head nowadays. Uh, That's it's, a completely it's, different story. It's, it's you or, it's Utena, it's Utena with Max and I'm all for I'm all I'm all here for it. Yeah. But usually you have a protag who's usually a younger kid, mm-hmm. boy, who's trying it's to 15? grapple everything and all that kind of deal or get across some things. Fifteen or sixteen yeah. in the original. There's younger protagonists than like, Amro Yeah, Amro Woods. Because that was yeah. like the average age. That's like the same age as like Koji Kabato and stuff like that. So that was kind of what Tomino was trying to do. And Child Soldiers was a huge theme of, like, that, because I don't think everyone, you know, does the World War II analogs here, but the one thing you need to understand is there's a lot of Imperial Japan analogs, a lot, um, that tie right back to... I mean, heck, even Char's helmet looks like a samurai helmet. So mm-hmm. the Child Soldiers yeah. thing was something they were doing in World War II. They were taking, like, kids and saying, hey, here's how to use a gun, here's how to use a pokey stick, here's how to run up to someone with a hand grenade just in case. You know, that's they were preparing the kids for the invasion of Japan, which is horrible to think of how many you know children would have died had we actually invaded mainland Japan. So the idea of child soldiers being forced yeah. into this long world war is, you know, clearly something Tomino wanted to make commentary about and does so quite successfully. And even having you know, later iterations taking that, that concept to even another level, like Iron-Blooded Orphans, taking that Child Soldiers thing to, like, whoa, levels. Um, and I was going to say, too, uh, yeah. Victory backstory Gundam. Is also, and Victory Gundam also does a lot of that, too. So you, mm-hmm. Also, Double O is well yeah, with so Seth's backstory is just Child Soldier. So, yeah, it had a lot to say, and it, you could tell it's kind of prototypical, because when you take a look at something like Zeta or some of the later things Tomino worked on, you can really see the full bloom of that idea and other people taking his idea into the later decades. But, yeah, like I said, it cannot be understated how influential and how amazing the series really is. Sorry, I didn't mean to step all yeah. over Rob. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote a panel no, on that's fine. Uh, what, 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 what was I saying before, Randy? What was I saying before, Randy? I don't know. I was, was going to move. Oh, wait. Okay, uh, real quick, I'll just... Uh... Yeah, like even like the the ship type, uh, ship type, like the white basey kind of like flagship kind of carrier thing, all that stuff, red rivals, all that stuff. Nothing else to really add. Even the kind of uh, sometimes the Gundams are inspired by the RX seventy eight, or sometimes not. But you know they try to do a spin on that usually. And yeah, there's not much to say because otherwise we could just keep on going on about stuff from that series and everything else. And just yeah, so yeah, uh, I, actually yeah, give the ball to Ramses. Yeah, um, there. Just, I'm, I'm going to keep mine brief here and just say that, hey, this is a great, this is an amazing series. It's been very, very influential to the mecha genre. All joking aside, I do really, honestly believe that's like, you know, like it, everything you see today in, in anime, and especially with mecha anime, you can trace it all back to Gundam. And like, you know, 
Because I, I do honestly believe that uh, that a lot of that stuff is um, that, you know, a lot of that this show was extremely influential. You know, despite this, despite its age, despite its uh, despite it's like just weird stuff that um, despite all the weird weirdness like the, that episode and whatnot. So, yeah. The next up on our list here is the Rose of Versailles. Um, Jared, do you have any thoughts Versailles. on the Rose of Versailles? Vers- Rose of Versailles. Rose of Versailles is the story of Lady Oscar. She was born into a noble family. Her father wanted a boy, so named her a boy and raised her like a boy, including the fact that she becomes a knight, or chevalier. It takes place right before the French Revolution, which is not a great time to have to protect Marie Antoinette, and continues Mm -hmm. through the uh, the American Revolution, the French Revolution, and... It's a very interesting series because it obviously influenced a lot of things, including the aforementioned Utena, and it's a really good show, it's and I Mercury. love it. And uh, this is just a personal side note. Uh, the first time I noticed my significant other, she was cosplayed as Lady Oscar, and I was completely shocked that someone else knew about Rosa Versailles. Um, any thoughts on Rosa Versailles, um, uh, Rob? Uh, I have nothing really to add because, like, I know of it. I think I might have seen it somewhere, once, somewhere, some ways. But yeah, I can't really add or expand anything much onto that. So there we go. My opinion on that one is short and simple. So yeah, great series. I mean, like I said, it's very influential, like you know, to, to the shoujo genre. It, it's proof that you can do more to, with the shoujo than just than, than doing a romance story. You can actually do like period a period drama and do like like do do like a really incredible period drama it's really like one of the best you can it's one of the best series you can like check out just as just as influential as gundam was i think this is just as influential as well and i think like you know i i, I can't overstate how how much how excited i am that they are going to make a new movie in 2023 i cannot wait for that and like i said even then the this actual series itself told hell up really well in my opinion it's it's one of those things where it's like no history, history things aside, because like you know you're supposed to, because like it's it's supposed to be a, a ultra dramatic uh, version of this. It's really good. It's a really good anime. I, I highly recommend it. And final one here is Future Robot. Did I say it right? Daltanius. Daltanius. Um, your your thoughts on Jay? Not much. Um, I'm vaguely familiar with the with the series, but not deep enough to be able to have a long diatribe like I had about the last two anime. Bob, any thoughts? Uh, fair enough. Uh, yeah, not really any thoughts. The only thing that was notable why I picked it was because actually, I believe this was originally the show that when in pre 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 production, like sorting out madness and people could only do stuff over, over the phone and not over the internet in the eighties and or yeah, early uh, late seventies, that this was going to be the show that was going to become Voltron, but due to a fumble and mishap thing and miscommunication stuff. When World Events Productions tried to get things sorted, they ended up getting Goal Line instead because they said to Toei, uh, we want to bring the show about the robot lions over. Or robot lion over. Yeah. That's the one they saw originally. And then the mix up happened and Toei gave them Goal Line and instead, and they were like, huh, this show is actually cooler than the one we originally looked at. Well, let's just do this. Let's just work with this one instead. And then that, the rest of that is history. An Thanks, Toy. It's like it's like by accident. Uh, by, by accident, Goldline had like another, had got gained another life because like it, it was not really that popular, and it's just like because of that that flub, it it, be, it became a it became an institution at least here in the United States. Um, it's the yep. yeah. uh, it's a happy accident. Yeah. So, but like I said, yeah, like I really have no new real opinions. I've heard a lot of good things about the uh, about that series, but like not a whole lot to like you know make to form like an, an actual opinion. 
mech looks amazing. I'll tell you that much right now. I, I, li- I like that design a lot. Alrighty then, let's go on to movies. Then this is like it. Movies. Yeah, and like this, this should like really should, this should round things out because I'm starting, I'm starting to hear a tick on my in the back of my in the back of my neck here. I don't, I don't think I should, I think I should be concerned about this or not. But, um, guys. So first things first with movies. We- I already died, but I'm already here somehow. I can't leave, but I'm still here. All right, so, um, first movie on this list is The Castle of Cagliostro. Jared, your thoughts? Uh, it's one of my favorite anime movies. Just period. It's a great Lupin story where he goes to try to protect this princess that he made a promise to, you know, some years ago. You get to see Lupin as a more heroic character this time around and less like a, you know, horny scumbag. And I really do like that about it. It made the green jacket significantly more iconic because obviously it's a Series 1 jacket and Series 1 was popular, but, you know, this really made it huge. And I'll just cite a funny story for this one. When I saw this with my friends, like, back in, like, the 90s, I was like, this is awesome. Does this have a sequel? Because I would totally watch it. I want to see more adventures of this guy. Little did I know, Lupin is a long-running franchise <laughs> that was started in the early 60s. And then I started so doing history today. of Lupin panels at cons. <laughs> That's how much I grew to love Lupin. Um, any thoughts on, this, on the friend, uh, on Castle of the Ocean, Rob? Uh, okay, uh, to keep this short and simple as I can do, uh, let's see. Uh, I remember this movie for even like the little chase at the start of the movie, like oh, and the wackiness of that and all that kind of thing and all that with the little mini. Is it a Reynolds or something they try? They yeah. drive practically, or is it or something? It's the one where the yeah, well, either way, that and like well, it's a squarish kind of rectangle car, or like a yeah. But yeah, or either way, whatever card is. But yeah, that and um, I remember little bits and pieces in my head of like you know the whole money, the whole money laundering scheme, like kind of deal with the count. Because the count's just yeah, he's taking up more of the center stage of like someone to obviously distract and be the real dude who's not really all that great and all that kind of deal in the end. And uh, Lupin's just around and just doing things, and sometimes you know always from Zenigata and all that, like trying to be on his trail, even though that dude is. Sometimes questionably on his trail and sometimes not. So yeah. Frenemies. Um and then <laughs> and then in the end the like the, the fight between Lupin and the Count and how the Count dies with the uh was it the the gears or the handles or something that killed him? One of the two. The I gears. One of those two. Gears, yeah. Yeah. The gears, I re- I re- yeah. I I should know this because I actually did a review I did a review this on, on Furry's uh the ancient anime. And yeah. Hmm. Like, I, when we got to that point it's like holy shit. Yeah, was it like his leg or something? I, like the, like I think he got his cape like struck. Doing them rotating, yeah, or something like yeah, and like he just pulled him in because the, because the thing's not going to stop and just yeah. yeah. So yeah, I remember that now, sort of vaguely in my mind, sort of not, sort of there. Anyway, yeah, past three, you is uh, your turn for Lupin. I love Castle Cagliostro. Uh, Castle Cagliostro, I think is like top ten, like top top ten, top five enemies of all time, like anime movies. It's it's incredible. It's an incredible movie, and I, I just cannot understand it enough that the, it's not it's not only not only is it like not only is it a great great adventure, but it's an incredibly it's an incredible looking anime. Like the 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 way they've been restoring it over the last couple of years has been incredible, and it still holds up to this day thanks to that kind of thanks to the thanks to the efforts of a lot of people. Like I said, like like I ha- it's weird. Let's go. Uh, like I, I think I said something before I, I never got caught, but I said but like you had stuff like um. Like they had, they had Lupin the Third Castle of Cagliostro, and then like, I want to say soon after was Legend uh, was Secret of Mamo, and you compare Secret of Mamo to this, it's like two different movies with two different Lupins. I think altogether. Secret of Mamo actually came out first. I might be wrong on that. But okay, I think it did. 
Yeah, you can tell the budget differences between those two movies is drastic. Well, not just that. It's like the, it, it, in terms of like in terms of like you know actual loop on the third. Like oh, you know, like one he's a little bit more subdued, he's a little bit more heroic, and there he's he's a fucking horn dog. He's, yeah. Literally, ending the ending of Legend of, of Secret of Mama is him fucking. Yeah. Seventies <laughs> exclamation yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. It's an amazing movie, and like even if you don't like Loop on the Third, if you just if you're just gonna try one thing with Loop on the Third, at least do yourself a favor and check out Castle of Cagliostro. I'll link a, I'll link in the description below on, on this episode when we because uh, I did an episode with Comrade Furry, like I said about this movie, and I, I just go out and on how much I love this movie so much. And you don't have to all right, be after familiar the franchise at all to watch it. Let's just also add that one no. in there, Because uh, that might say, like, oh, right, it's a at- whole bunch of stuff. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> no, trust me. You, you, don't, you, don't need, you don't need to get all that stuff. Trust me. All right. Um, next movie we have here, Alien. Raw, um, your thoughts? Uh, Alien? Oh, okay. Um, oh boy, this set up the whole thing for the whole Alien franchise period, um, you know, the whole thing with, uh, the, the Xenomorphs and I can't even, technically called by their full, like, scientific name, but, you know, that, the things with Ripley, the start of her little adventure, and how long that lasted, three movies, arguably four, and all that, you know, um, but, yeah, and all the other things of, you know, like, I remember, um, what's his name, uh, John Hurd, like, being one of the other notable actors in that movie as well, like, that I remember, because he was the dude who died, like, to the face talk or yeah, everything, the, all that kind of deal. Died in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and, uh, you know, like, I, I remember hearing, like, this more wacky story that the, uh, one of the, uh, the chicks, or whatever her name was, um, it was, like, a live reaction to it kind of thing when the, when that whole deal happened, and, like, so her reaction was like actually more genuine I when it happened. I believe. When it was gonna happen I think I felt that. The, uh, so yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty like much. And there was like reactions of, of like, "What the hell?" <laughs> As you should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it worked pretty well for what it was. So yeah. Um, and yeah, I can't remember too so much else because other part from that, then we have the stupid, crazy uh, android yeah. dude as well, and all that. Whatever his name was, I forget. I'm, I'm getting a little blank, blanking on tiny little details, but yeah. Nothing else to really add because, yeah, at the end of the movie then then eventually just ends and then whether or not it was, it was intended to go into Aliens, I don't know, but it seems like it in a sense. But yeah. Anyway, I'll hand it off to whoever's next. Okay. I'll go. So, you, yeah. you got the floor. In space, no one can hear you scream. Is such an awesome, like, catch line. Uh, this is a great horror movie. It led to more of an action-adventure franchise, but the original is very much in the vein of a horror movie, and it still holds up to this day. You get some great special effects, great actors, and some genuinely, like, oh god, moments, which makes a great horror movie. And if you haven't seen it, don't just forget about all the other movies, just go watch this one and enjoy it for what it is. Then explore the rest of the franchise if you want to. Especially 2, um, it's also awesome, but that's a whole other discussion. Uh- I was gonna say, like you know, that, that's that, that's our, that's uh, that's a discussion for 1988. But regardless, ali- aliens is, the aliens just set the pinnacle of like space horror. Like they, they tried to do space horror before back in the 50s, but like this was like n- the natural evolution of of, hor- of that kind of horror. Because like you know, it, like we we were starting to see a lot more darker like darker movies, like darker horror movies, like like Halloween and stuff like that. Because I think Halloween one was like 76. I, believe. I don't know if the time. So we were see- so also we were seeing a lot of like, those kind of influences in the in, in the sort of seeing a lot of those influences even in like the horror movie genre. So, like before we started getting more slasher heavy, we like we started getting stuff like this, which is more slower, more methodical, but more scarier in my opinion. All right, 
Next up, we have Rocky Two. Uh, Jay, your thoughts on Rocky Two? It's okay. Um, right. I think I think I have a lot more nostalgia for three and four, and of course the original is a classic for a reason. Two to me is always that like kind of that one going like, oh, okay, yeah, we can watch Rocky Two. And I hate I hate to feel so sound so flippant about Rocky Two, but I, I just generally am. It kind of it kind of is a, in in a way that's like yeah, it's Rocky Two. Oh, Rob, your thoughts on on Rocky Two? I have no, not really much to really overly much say on Rocky Two so, or because I mean, I sort of know the gifts of some of the Rocky movies, but I mean, never really, really watched them overly much. So yeah, there um, we go. Quick. Yeah, it's on. a good movie. It's the one where he wins, and it's like, yeah, that that's fine. Yeah, it's a movie from 1979. I'm, I'm gonna spoil the fuck out of it, but like, yeah, I mean, it's like you know, it's good that he finally got his redemption story. It's it's good that he finally got like got to you know. It was when it started getting better terms with like Apollo and stuff like that. So it started planting those seeds and those seeds, and you know later on. But it's a, it's a like I said, like you know at the end of the day, it's like I think we have like a lot more. I think us have a lot more nostalgia for the, this ridiculousness of, of like Rocky Three and Rocky Four, and also like the later stuff like Rocky Balboa and also the Creed movies as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so like that. That's my thoughts. It's like eh, it's a, it's it's Rocky Two. I mean, he's the one where he wins. It's like you know, really not much more we can say about that one. However, I think we're. I think, I think we can the? discuss somewhat about this next one, The Jerk, starring Martin, Martin uh, Steve Martin. Your thoughts, Jay? This is a classic comedy that I appreciate what it is. I think the last time I watched it, I was in college, and I was like, oh wow, this still holds up. But now that I'm sitting here going, like, I don't, I don't think it will. There's some pretty good one-liners in here, some good jokes in here, and you know, Steve Martin really earned his, you know, kind of title that he had for. You know, especially throughout the 80s and into some of the 90s of being a really great comedic actor. But <laughs> there's a lot of offensive humor here, too, that I'm sure some people would not appreciate mm-hmm. in the modern day. But I mm-hmm. have never had a problem with offensive humor. I like it. Humor is supposed to offend you a little bit. And I think, you know, they knew that even in 79. And the limits they push in this movie does help make it a very memorable comedy. Um, any thoughts on the jerk, Rob? No comments on the jerk. Passing on to you. Oh, good there movie. We go, real quick. Good, good fucking movie. It's, it's again. I, I'm, I'm questioning its validity in 2021. Um, next up, we have the black hole. Uh, your thoughts, Jay? Not really. I I've never seen this movie. I just know of it. Passing. Um, Rob, your thoughts. Same answer, but with a tiny little addendum that I believe, and I could be completely wrong on this. I believe the robots, or one of the robots in this movie maybe, might have or may have been potential inspiration for RoboForce in the 80s, but that's all I'm going to say real quick, and I'm going to pass it on to you. There I think, I suppose because I, hope, I was hoping one of you guys might, might, might bite and talk about it. Okay, this might be a movie that you guys, that we're going to have, we're going to have somewhat of a discussion on. I want to see it actually, though, anyway. I actually want to see it one day, anyway. But yeah. I, should, I should watch it because it's on, it's on Disney Plus, and I pay for that shit, so it's like, I, I, I might as well not, let, not go to waste. Um, but I think this is a movie we all have opinions on. I, hopefully, we have Star Trek The Motion Picture. Um, Jay, your thoughts? This is a movie that, while I do think it's a little bit boring, it did do a lot of really interesting things in pushing Star Trek forward into the big screen. Bringing back the original cast was inspired. The Phase 2 outfits look really kind of lame, let's be honest here. There's some interesting, like, special effects and a really cool plot twist with the villain of the movie, which I didn't see coming the first time I saw it, and upon uh, later viewings, I really appreciate it and the little hints they dropped and things like that. Rob, your thoughts on Star Trek The Motion Picture? Oh, okay. Oh, let me think real quick. Um, 
start with the motion picture. Um, it's interesting. Small ways that it's like it sets like this whole. It kicks off the the original movie line, you know, like the whole up until they got to the next generation era kind of thing, and obviously it sort of did things in a better light, like it redesigned the Enterprise and that kind of thing, like you see of that unveiling, gave us better special effects for, like, say, the warp drive and all that kind of thing, or the warp effect, all that kind of thing, the look and feel of it, and all that, and then the the bad guy was just this weird, stupid um, machine thing, kind of weird deal, which kind of also sort of happened in, what was it? Uh, which one was... If you're thinking about no. the original TV series... The Voyage... No, 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 the Voyage... Yeah, no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Voyage Home. It's yes. that sort of happened too. Like a big, a big mechanical threat yes, happened. Came to Earth. I'm like, oh, we got a we got a threat uh, for reasons, and it's like, oh, who can who can solve this? The crew of the Enterprise. Well, a lot of the ships were being destroyed. That, so, and what have yeah. you? And you got to remember the plot of this movie that they were one of the few ships who were capable of actually doing something. Just like in four, they're just one of the few that was left that could do something. Oh, you did that. I will defend this yeah, movie despite how boring it is. <laughs> yeah. But um, I was gonna say, yeah, like four when they just had a, a a kind of cool leftover bird of prey. But anyways, so yeah, I'll pass on to you, Ramses. But yeah. oh, oh, I've got one thing. I've got one thing. Sorry, the transporter accident is one of those oh, nightmares. Yes. By the way, yeah, that that screech and that horrible mishap with the transporter thing, and it's like maybe I can see what yeah Bones kind of sometimes says about transporters and things. <laughs> he transports well, the original TV series. Say... And he stops doing it after that movie. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Uh, I, I was gonna say. Like, I don't know what's more terrifying, that or when he beamed up, or when he beamed up um, bones for the first time. He had that. He looked like he came out of like Studio Fifty Four. <laughs> oh, seventies. I was trying to do blow up. I was trying to do blow up with Andy Warhol. God damn it, Jim! I like the thing in outer space. That there's my blow. That's my impression. That is my impression of bones in the Studio Fifty Four. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with like a lot of the opinions. Like, there's things that there's things you get, there's things that there, there's a lot of um inspired things about this movie, but it's also like this movie feels like we we linger way too long on things, it's way way too long. Like, I think that's the biggest problem with the movie. It's like they're trying to show us how flashy and how good this is, but it's like instead you're like, like yeah, it's great, but it's like this looks great. I, I like how this this looks all look except for like everybody's fucking uniforms in this movie. Thank fucking Christ that they got they got their heads together in Star Trek Two. Yeah. Like I don't need I don't need to, I don't need to see Spock's camel toe. <laughs> so, but other than that, it's like you know it's a great it's an amazing looking movie. But it's just like I said, it's just it's just like one of the things where it's like it, it like it wants to be it wants it's trying to do stuff like you can clearly tell this was a script they took from a TV show because like there were there were a lot of slower movements that they put in. Mm-hmm. When it's like in a movie, you're like bam 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 bam. But it's like uh, I think I think if you were taken away, I think if you were like like just shaved off like the uh, if you would have shaved off a little bit more of those slower parts, just a bit, not by a whole lot, I think it would have been better. But I also understand too, if you don't, that's where kind of like a lot of the charm of the movie kind of leaves as well. Um, another movie I think a lot of us have a lot of good opinions on The Warriors. Your thoughts, Jay? I love this movie. Well, I love the original version before it got messed up because the director decided to mess with what was perfect. Dumb move. This is a great movie. It is gangs in New York that are all themed. The Warriors need to get back to their turf because they've been framed for the death of a major gang leader. And there's some kick-ass fight scenes, chase scenes, and just gritty, gross New York. And it's wonderful. I love it. Um, your thoughts on the, on the Warriors, Rob? 
I have no idea if I've ever seen this movie. I think I've heard of it. But yeah, so I'm going to take that answer and roll it and say I'll pass it to you, Ramsey. Just top 10 movies of all, top, top 10 movies of all time. Like, seriously. It, it, it really can't underestimate how, how this, movie, this movie was like so. Well, it's just so well done. The things, the things, the things uh, in the movie did it did it age well? Absolutely not. But then again, too, it's a it's like a dark and gritty look at New York, and it's like it kind of like a lot of a lot of like the language that they use and stuff like that. You know, it kind of like is a reflection of that. So it's like even in that's even in the, that context where it's like you know it was all kind of like dark and dirty. So it's like yeah, yeah, it's, it would be like this even even before that. Um, oh, that's not, that's actually up next. Yeah, so I just I gotta. I, is it? Oh yeah, you're right. I did skip it, but okay. Um, oh, we got we got we got something for the producer here. Producer Rob for close that we forgot something here. So let's let's move out back up a little bit here on this list here, and let's talk about we were talking about James Bond earlier. James Bond in space, one particular in particular. We forgot to talk about Moonraker. Yeah, it's on the list. I thought you just skipped it intentionally. I thought you were like, uh, screw that movie. I didn't see it. <laughs> in between, in between yeah. Alien and Rocky too. So I was like, what? And it's like, we're down the list. I thought, I was, I thought like, oh, we're down the list. That's why I was grabbing an autopilot right now. <laughs> it's higher up on the list. Oh gosh, sorry. Okay, uh, I'll begin with Moonraker here. This was a weird movie in a lot of ways where, you know, they're trying to put James Bond in space to kind of compete with Star Wars, which was a dumb choice, and that ending where everyone's just running around with a laser gun is very silly. There's also a lot of stuff here that made it a little more kid-friendly. Jaws is not nearly, not murdery at all, and gets a girlfriend, and you're like, what? But, one, I, I was recently having a conversation about, like, some of the hotter Bond girls, and how I said, like, one of the things that really works out is when you not just have physical attraction, but also, like, they have a use in the story. And Moonraker came up as one of those ones where you have some. She knows the space science stuff. She she is an, uh, you know involved in that stuff, and so you have someone whose whose knowledge base is useful to Bond in order to help complete the story. But the actress is also super hot, and so mm. that's one of the few redeeming factors of Moonraker is just the Bond girl. Moving it on I, again. It's it it, it, it it just reminds me of like Denise Richards. I was like, she's a scientist, but no, no, no it's, it, don't worry. Christmas Jones is super low on my list because her performance is so god awful. I can't buy her as a scientist. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> a Moonraker. Oh, uh, Moonraker. Yeah. Um, this is one of those kind of dumb but fun little James Bond movies that they're not that kind of deal because yeah, like it all starts out with also like uh. A hijack of a spaceship, almost kind of deal, and all that as well. And then it goes into like the whole thing of eventually Bond gets up to the to the space station, all this kind of deal. Everyone's all like, you know, got these laser like laser rifles and all that kind of deal. And the shuttles have laser rifles and all this kind of questions, all that kind of crazy shit. And it's like one of these things of like. I was gonna say. So it just goes. It just goes kind of crazy and all that. I was gonna say, like if I remember correctly, no one fires an actual gun in this movie. I maybe in the early part of the movie, but I'm not certain now. It's been a while since I've seen Moonraker. No, Bond doesn't even use... I, I know Bond yeah. doesn't even, like, doesn't even use any guns. He just uses his laser. I'm like, okay. But I will say this. The bad guy's <laughs> plot of, like, basically <laughs> killing all life on Earth and just taking the worthy into space and then rebuilding Earth again, while I don't know if this is the first thing that ever used... It's got Sirocco! It is. Um... I don't know if this is the first thing that ever used that plot. There's probably some novel prior to Moonraker that uses this plot. 
But I think this popularized the idea of that, of the, the super billionaire guy going like, okay, I'm going to take all the people I like into space, and then we're just, we're just wiping out human, humanity and starting from scratch. Like, that has been used so many times now. And this is the first you know, movie I can think of, chronologically, that has that as a plot line. And I love it. It's, it's such a great, easy thing to do for your mad scientist billionaire. Um, right, Elon? Final thoughts, Rob? Uh, no, not much. Uh, just that... It's nice that at least in the end, despite Jaws being Jaws, he got himself a He's girl happy. and technically died with his girlfriend on the space station and everything. So. I believe, I believe, I believe the yeah. actress was actually like just as Jaws was like this huge, like you know, James Keel was this huge dude. I believe she was like a very, very tiny lady. Yes, because it was funny to have this yeah. super Richard giant Keel. guy, yeah, Richard Keel. tiny lady. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's an absurd movie. That's that, that's the best, that's what I can describe. It's one of those movies that's like. You have to see it to believe it, mm-hmm. like you know, because like there's just things that you just look at and you're like, what the fuck? You can clearly tell. You can clearly tell they're like, you know, that like this was not the this was not the obviously this was not the movie the first this was not the first choice of making the movie, but they saw Star Wars and like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's make this, and they just went with it, and you know, they they then they did all the things that that made the that made the the previous movie for that, which I believe was the Spy Who Loved Me so good. They just ran with like the stuff that that they thought was what made that movie interesting, like Jaws and stuff like that. So and it's like, well, we got we got we like Star Wars had the toys to sell, so why don't we just like make toys of like the lasers and stuff like that, so kids can like they'll just not so they're not running around with, like PK nines, they're just running around with like laser guns. Yeah. Also, I guess it worked for like a movie or so, and then they forgot about it. Also, also, then, also, like, turning this around back, turning this back around to Mego, the Mego were the guys who made the toys of this of this movie. Yes, they did. Again, that's so, part of what I was talking about. Huh. You'd be surprised. Well, you'd be surprised in the seventies, like where where that shadow of Migo came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's. I want to say it's like I want to say it's a bad movie. It's just one of those movies where it's just like you. It's like you just watch the formula. You're on the pain because like your mileage may vary, and there's just some weird shit you need to see to believe. All right, uh-huh. going back to down the list as we were before, we have Salem's Lot. Jared, your thoughts? It's a decent vampire movie. Uh... I can't remember the last time I saw it. I want to say probably two, early 2000s, late 2000s, maybe early 2010s, uh, when me and my significant other were going through like a Stephen King kind of thing. We do that occasionally. I don't have any like real opinions on it one way or the other. I think it's just kind of okay. All right. Have any thoughts on the Salem's Lot? Uh, no thoughts, because then that makes it easier and quicker to pass on to you. There we go. Uh, Salem's Lot, you know, I haven't seen it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just me. Great. Okay. But hopefully not the next. Sorry. Movie. Hopefully we've all seen the next movie. I got. I got. A confe- I got. A, I got a confession to make. I got a confession about that one. But yeah, the next movie on this list is the Muppet movie. Your thoughts? Hey. I love this movie. Uh, the end part where they're singing Rainbow Connection brings me to tears. It is so moving, and just seeing you know Kermit. You have this wacky chase of him being chased by like a frog legs restaurant and. All the crazy characters he meets along the way and just trying to like you know find his people and you know obviously as he meets the other muppets he's discovering his people and i i just love it it's heartwarming and it just fills me with joy just even thinking about it i thought rob on the on the muppet movie uh i remember seeing bits and pieces of it. i've seen it definitely before in the past but i haven't seen it for probably a a long 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 time probably now but yeah i just remember it's the whole thing with Gonzo and trying to figure out his deal of like what he is and all that kind of deal and all that and just yeah, bits and pieces of that. A different so, movie. Yeah. The yeah. movie is the chase across the country with, with Kermit. Wait, wait, wait. Am I thinking, am I thinking yes, the wrong one? Yes, you're thinking the wrong one. Oh, wait. Oh, 
fucking see that's that, that's a good point. I, I haven't seen it for a damn long time. After all, I'm getting I'm getting the cross. Okay, forget me, Ramsey, <laughs> take over. It. What? Okay. I, yeah, that's another one of those Ramsey's like those pilot kind of things. I am pointing my finger of judgment at the screen, and I hope that you can feel it where you're at. I do. <laughs> this upsets me. Fine. I do. And Next time like you I said, come over, we're watching the Muppet movie. It is heartwarming. Rainbow Connection is still one of like one of my favorite childhood songs, and I love this movie so much that it upsets me that you have not seen it. Now let's move okay, on to the final right, movie right. on the list. Yeah, let's move on to the final movie on this list: The Enemy of the Bill Horror. Uh, your thoughts, Jay? This is one of those ones where. I'm not entirely certain if I've seen the original. I know the story, and I know the legend behind the story, even though every other people have moved into that house and have had no problems. But it's, you know, probably the really popularized the whole haunted house, you know, curse kind of genre like that. Because obviously, if out at the Amityville, we wouldn't have had Poltergeist, which is easily a better movie. <laughs> I'm gonna say I think I I, I, I I think I like a lot more poacher guys. Yes. So I do appreciate what it is. It feels like it was kind of rushed out a little bit because that story had hit the news and all that and they wanted to like capitalize on the cursed house and the family that was driven out by the, the curse and all that. And there's a lot of documentaries about that house itself and were they lying? Was this a publicity stunt? And or did they actually clear the house? Also the Warrens, uh people would know them from the conjuring movies. They are they are real people, and they were also involved in this case. And supposedly dealing with this house is one of the things that shortened the lifespan of uh, Lorraine's husband. Lorraine, that seems hmm. to be the case. So, um, Rob, any thoughts on the movie? Any little horror on Amityville? Still, uh, I don't believe I've seen it. If it was one of those things that inspired out of the like. Things later is that point for the, where maybe one of those episodes of kind the of. Simpsons comes from? Yes, there's, there's one, of the, one of one of the um first one, one of the house one, one of the treehouse tree horror ones. Yeah, kind of ties into that, but that's also takes some points off of Poltergeist and a few other things. But it is one of the influences in there. Yes. Okay. okay there we go. Okay, that's all I'll say. Pass um, I haven't seen it. Go. No, not really missing much. All right. Don't worry about it. That's why I said like you know if you've seen Poltergeist, you've seen a better like, version of the movie. <laughs> I know. I was gonna say. I was, I was gonna say. Like you know, I would really, I, like. I see. I see. Any any Like I would rather be watching. I would rather be watching Poltergeist. I think Poltergeist does a better job of being a, a scary movie, but an entertaining scary movie. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because like, I, like it's not to say that scary movies are bad. It's just like I feel like I feel I feel like there's like there's a lot more entertainment value to be had with with um with Poltergeist because like, like there's because like, there's parts where it's like like there's parts of this part. I, I like I like a horror movie with like levity. And there's a lot of levity in Poltergeist. Well, Spielberg had his hand in that, so you get a little of his. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, so it's like I, I, I guess I guess that's why that's why I guess um, uh, 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 Poltergeist appeals to me more because like, oh, it's a scary movie, and they, it, there's just parts where it's just like I like I just just some parts where that that movie is just so funny. Mm-hmm. All right, but yeah, that 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 takes us that takes us all throughout 1979. Like I said. It's a weird year where it's like we're seeing the stuff from like we're seeing the stuff the the, the building blocks of what we what we now like being put in in in, the, in these years, and that's why the like, people that's why when we first started doing this, I know Rob was like, why would you want to go that far back? Because trust me, there's things here that that we that's worth talking about that we can see we can clearly see a, like a direct like line going from this to like the to like the things that we enjoy now. I could argue you could go that go back to 78, 77, possibly back to like 75-ish for stuff. I mean, 
I st- uh, there, there's a there's a, there's a there's a hard cutoff date that we have, which was at this point would be 1972. Oh, okay. Like I know there's because so, I know there's like stuff like Planet of the Apes that like that was still popular with a lot of people. So like that, that they were still they were still making they were making a lot of those movies back in the 70s as well. So it's like yeah, yeah it's like like those, those, like we're still we're still talking about Planet of the Apes movies. A lot of those movies are are great, mm-hmm. but in the newer ones, and, you know, say what you will about the about the older ones, but like. Hey, without without those movies, we wouldn't have Caesar. That's how I look at it. Yeah, like any final thoughts on, on this on this weird year of like of of weird year of geekdom, Jared? You know, there's a lot of really great stuff here, and it is interesting because I didn't even think about how many building blocks for things in the 80s and 90s we'd see this early on, and and yet there it is. And then it got me thinking about stuff from you know the 70s, what have you. I mean. One of the shows I recently got into checking out just because I'd always heard of it but never seen it, or maybe I saw one episode when I was really, really young, is Space 1999, and that's from 1975. Oh, but, Rob, you and Rob will have a yeah. You and Rob are gonna have a great conversation. Yeah. I know, I know and, that and one. When yeah, I watched yeah, the yeah. first episode, I'm like, oh, this is amazing! Like, I can't believe they were able to do these kind of special effects, and and of course the cast is great and whatever. I'm not trying to go talk about them. If we do 75, I'll talk about it. But what I'm trying to get into here is that. When watching that show, I saw stuff like, oh, that must have influenced this and this and this. And seeing that influence from the older stuff is really important. And not only that, but if anyone's listening who's never experienced or watched some of these shows and movies, now you have the inspiration to go and check that stuff out. Because, you know, we've told you a little bit about it. If it piqued your interest, and especially if it it sounds like it's the origin of something you really like, it's always good to check that stuff out and learn and see and experience because modern day stuff has some really good things, but modern day stuff has some trash. And the good news about us looking back at, you know, 40 some years ago is that we can go and say, we're curating the best. This is the best they made. Check it out. And I think 79 is definitely a strong year <laughs> for genre fiction. <laughs> but. but. <laughs> I think like best with the, you have the best stuff like, but, but you got stuff like the Dukes of Hazard. Uh, yeah. Okay. Look, there's not everything is perfect. Okay, but think about our movie list with Alien, the Muppet movie, things like that that we could tell people about. TV shows like the Flash Gordon filmation series, <laughs> Super Horny Buck Rogers, Mobile Suit Gundam, Rosa <laughs> Versailles. You know, Things like that that are something you could go back and experience and see. Yes, some of the stuff is cheesy. Some of the stuff doesn't hold up. But you can see the thread works that would lead to greater things. And then there's Dukes of Hazzard. Yeah, I know. Still. (laughs) My point stands. Um, All right. um, Final thoughts, Rob. Uh, Final thoughts, 1979. It's not all bad. There's some little bits of interesting things and stuff going on in it, but... I don't know. It's just it's just the cornerstone of being before the '80s or anything, and then the '80s started to get interesting and that kind of deal as well. I don't know if going back further could potentially be feasible, depending on what's there and that kind of thing. It depends, like you know, how far and back and what into what science things. fiction movie in 1977, so, yeah. but alas, there was not. Mm-hmm. You would think there would be something there, yeah, but mm-hmm. can't, nothing comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of nothing, nothing. Nothing of importance uh-huh. happened in 1979, if I recall. Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, not much else to really say because, well, that's it, because I feel like the further back you go, the more photo agent video okay, game tech gets involved anyway, so that's also a more there, but weirder thing. Comics, so. movies, and TV could still go back quite a bit. Also, we could have a yeah. talk about Pong. Sure. <laughs> what was that, 75? Uh, I was thinking 76, but yeah, somewhere around there. 
one of those two. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, like I said, like I said, like I said before, um, like like I said before, the the like we're we saw, we're seeing a lot of these pieces, different pieces of like where we get to see a lot of the influential stuff, especially the video game stuff. Like when I when I start pointing out a lot of the things that that when I start pointing out a lot of the video games, you're like, oh, that that makes sense. When I was talking about like sheriff. Uh, and Jared, you brought up like you brought up like twin stick shooters, and I was like, yeah, you can you can see like the proto, you can see like proto Robotron from this, and then like from like again like from Robotron we get like Smash TV, and from Smash TV we get Total Total Carnage, and then like from Total Carnage we get like most of like twin stick shooters that we got like in, like we got in like the PlayStation One era. So like we get to see a lot of that weird stuff, especially in, like the video game stuff. Where it's like it's stuff that you don't really pay much attention to, but when you start paying attention to it. It's 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 it it, it kind of sets up a really big picture to like what what's been going on in, in the in this era. Like I said, some of the things we some of the things we not like we may not agree on that 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 um that it that held up too well like Star Trek the motion picture, but there's some things here that that's worth your time to like to check out like the Warriors, you know, Flash the Flash Gordon cartoon, you know, oh playing a few quarters of asteroids, I'm the space knight, you know, that like I, I don't know that I don't know they're gonna I, I don't like. I don't know if the IDW is gonna like. I don't know if when they lose their license, they're gonna like whoever's gonna pick it up next. They're gonna like do something with it, but who knows, really? But there's some there's things out there, and you you should check it out. And like we're seeing, and we can see a lot of that stuff that influence what we what we do. What we us also who are who are more versed in the 80s stuff, we get to see a lot of the stuff before that. You know, we get to see the genesis of a lot of those things as early as the seven as this point at this point in the 70s. So yeah, so like uh, I guess I'll take it up to Ramses in the future to close things out because I'm pretty sure I'm hearing some like really loud um you know, pings on my on my neck. So so I gotta decide to spawn before this thing blows up on us. But yeah, so I'll catch you. So Ramses in the future, I'll close things out, and we're back. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So like like I said, this, this was something that like this was something we had planned to take we'll do on a break. But like again, due to like personal issues, I think we're just not gonna do those things. We'll we'll focus on doing other things. In the meantime, I doubt it, but like because like you know, knowing how your work's get, how your work is right now, and do, and knowing how things are right now, like all over the place, I think it's just better just taking a break for right now. Just like hey, you know, we'll be back in January. But overall, like we'll like. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, mm-hmm. Because yeah, like I did a few good few few days. I'm not sure what their plan is next because I know there's supposed to be a tiny bit more. I have some leftover things from like the stuff that um. When I would go into the office to pick up some like more stuff to like reform my bag and then head out, kind of thing. Um, I'll just see what's going on, but I'm just if they need me a little bit, like for like say another day or two later on in the week, or maybe not much at all, or I don't know yet, 100%. So, yeah, just fo- right now, just focus on like afterwards, just focus on just taking it easy, like you deserve it, especially since the holidays. Be the holidays are the holidays are happening, World Cup's happening, things are happening all over the place. So, yeah, well, because in the course of like three days, I did like to give you context kind of anyway. I did at least twelve hours of walking, potentially up to fifteen. So, yeah, yeah. look at you, man, being fucking busy as fuck, man. Congratulations, though. Like you know, you're you're earning you're earning your pay, and I'm proud of that. The the the, the socks, the shoes, and comfy underwear and other other stuff can help take away some of the pain and soreness potentially from walking various streets and. Hills and things and stuff and dragging yourself around, kind of. But yeah, so. All right, but like, what's uh, but but we did have something else planned, and that was we were going to talk to other people, other like other like people that, that have been former guests, and we were going to talk to them about like their favorite things of 2022. Unfortunately, like their schedules are also out of whack. I don't know how my schedule is going to end up, especially after what that after what happened. So 
So instead, we're gonna just we're, we're just gonna record this, and that will be like our thing for two. That will be like the thing that we're gonna end this episode on. So we decided to do what we decided to do is we, we're gonna pick our top three things in no particular order of 2022. It can be video games, movies, comic books, anime, TV, anything. So um, it has, and again, it doesn't, it doesn't have in no particular order, and you can extend you just explain why you picked that in order. So. Um, Give us your, your why don't you give us your first thing on your on your list of 2022? Okay, um, for a movie, I've got a few little entries there, um, and I have something just I just for now for an anime thing, but I'll keep this. As a remember, remember, it's only remember, it's, it's just well. it's one thing, it's just three things <laughs> only. So you gotta pick, so you gotta pick three things, and you're, you... okay, okay, okay. So between the movies that came out this year, oh boy, I would say that you know what, at the end of the day. There were some great MCU movies and other things. There was a great couple of other movies that came out, that kind of thing. But when I really, 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 really think about it, I actually rather enjoyed Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. It's a controversial choice, but apparently you're not alone. A lot of people really did enjoy it. It's a really good... It was something that kicked off our, our podcast, and you know, hey, it was a fun, it was a fun ride. You can tell that the you can tell that they that the, the 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 guys who made the movie they were really, really they kind of like. They kind of already know now what to do with Sonic, and like it does feel like a little bit more organic. And it, feels, and it feels a lot more of a like a more of a complete movie. Yeah, because if you want more thoughts on that, you can go back to that episode as well. But yeah, because I mean, it was an awesome movie, and like it did a whole bunch of things right, and I like, kind of deal in the end. The the the, the last little like finish point bit aside with the stuff on the island and the people and the last stuff a little bit too much taking up. Like a little chunk of the movie for like you know like ten fifteen no fifteen on trainments to rescue tails and everything and like kind of yeah. deal and Sonic, but yeah, um, so yeah, and great movie that introduced tails, knuckles, brought back Robotnik, everything it was just an improvement over the first one and it was just it just felt really great as a movie anyway that rock out so yeah okay my number three no particular order I would like to pick. I would like to pick um, Peacemaker, the TV show. Going back to what I was, going back to me writing the dick of, of James Gunn. Like, if you want to talk about like, him doing a really good something, go watch Peacemaker. Peacemaker is an incredible TV show, really funny, really, and it's a, a credit. It's a very emotional TV show. Like, you know, at times, like it, it, you get it gets you on an emotional level because it's not just like you know, like you would not you you would not think to be emotionally attached to peacemaker especially after you just if you just if your context of peacemaker is just the suicide squad so me so me feeling kind of like sympathy and actually kind of like feeling kind of bad and actually feeling kind of like you know and putting even putting his name and putting his show on a, on the list like this weird but when you watch a show it makes perfect sense because like he, he the character I, I like to describe as he's doing his best he's still a jackass you can tell there's like real growth happening and you can tell it's like he really wants to he really he's really trying his best he's really doing his best with with, with he's with all the cards with all the bad cards he's been dealt with over the last couple of years it was of his life so and like i said there's like props to john cena for being on for doing for nailing it really for being in the, for nailing the character thanks to all the like, thanks to james gunn for like this all, all together and i'm just really 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 happy overall that that you know that we got the, like a thing I, I think i had no real interest on ended up being something that, that ended up being one of my favorite things of 2022 oh, your second thing uh next thing <coughs> so 
Uh, games-wise, there's been a lot of games that come out and all that stuff, and um, over the course of this year, and there's some that I haven't even got to, and all that kind of thing, because yeah, there's a backlog too. But stuff that I have played, at least to some extent, and got a good feel for, and that kind of thing, and then I enjoyed myself. I am going to put this out there that I feel Kirby and the Forgotten Land is still a good, solid, 3D Kirby game, and one of those Kirby games that actually feels like it also was one of those ones you could put up next to, say, Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild, as in, yeah, this was a great game that Nintendo and HAL Laboratory and all this other stuff and all that stuff made for Kirby and put out there and put out the door and surprised people okay. a bit, like, more than expected. The demo itself was already promising, but the whole thing itself is, like, between some of the stages and what you can kind of just expect like exploring the limited you know like limited field of view but the way you do stuff you can find things there's power-ups that interact with things there's dual enemy types there's the boss fights etc simple it's fun all that it's actually a awesome kirby game honestly to anyone else who hasn't played out there um, so, i yeah. i heard nothing but great things about it now that if knowing that you're doing this now that you put that on your list i might actually end up buying it so don't be surprised if, if next year i end up buying it i number two no particular order it's um the anime it's an anime it's spy family spy family is like i said every time like when i describe whenever i describe um whenever i describe uh, spy family someone it's pure serotonin in an anime form like it's it does its best it's like it does its best to be like this, this lighthearted like fun adventure, and you know at times, and it's you just can't help but like fall in love with all the characters, even the even the worst characters. Like I don't like Yuri, the like the like um Yuri's brother, but there's a there's an inherent charm to Yuri, and it, what I love is that they they do stuff like that to all these characters that there's like things you don't really have really power on, or rather things that you don't really have no interest on, they become sort of like your favorites, and like it's a really really good show and like i really cannot recommend it any strongly like you know right now we're right now as we're recording on this on december 3rd they're about to um they're about they're like four more episodes three more episodes to complete their season i want to be surprised if by the spring or summer of 2023 we'll get a, we'll get another um we'll get another season so i can't wait and like people have to watch it like i that's something i cannot like recommend even higher than than that so Number one, Rob. Okay, my number three for a thing is going to be a kind of a slight cheat answer, but you'll get this when I say this. So, there's a little anime thing called, uh, oh, I don't know, Dragon Ball Super hey, Superhero. Okay. So, yeah, that was, that, that still stands on my mind as being one of those really notable anime things. For this whole year, pretty much. Well, in my mind, because yeah, there is other things like obviously Spy Family and the series and all that stuff, and actually Witch for Mercury, which I desperately catch up on someday. Here, someday. Here. But um, um, yeah. So Dragon Ball Super Superhero. It's an awesome movie. We've discussed it. Some of those thoughts I got to. Some of them I did not because there's also other little homagey little touches and things and all that stuff in general and those things. And, you know, it did stuff with characters that people were wanting to hope for for ages, with with Piccolo, with Gohan, and it, it gave us a new awesome version of Pan. It did stuff with Gowan 1 and 2 as being awesome little characters, along with Hedo, Magenta, or Magenta, either way. 
So, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that's keeping it short and simple because, you know, it's a simple, fun movie. It's got some funny little moments. It's got so, it's not overly complicated or anything too extreme, but it's got some serious moments, it's got some comedy, all that stuff. It's got a nice balance in ways. But yeah, there we go. Hi, number one, my top pick. Again, this is no particular order, but it's just, just ended up being this way. It's um, it's a movie, it, and, and it's a movie that like I highly recommend everybody watching. It's called, and, and it's everything, everywhere, all at once. I said this before when it came to this movie, and that's the fact that like, when it comes to a movie, you want to go into a movie feeling positive or feeling kind of better about yourself or in some, uh, to some extent. Because like, if you go into a movie just to be miserable, you're, you're going to come out being miserable as well. But what I like about, um, what I like about everything everywhere all at once is that it's, it's really, it's a really, it's a, it's a, so it's a different kind of movie that you would not expect. It's, you think it's like one, you think it's going to be one movie, but it really isn't. And it has a lot of heart. Something that I think, like right now in this like pandemic era, kind of like kind of era where we are right now, it's kind of he, he kind of needs something with a lot of heart. And it was really, it was really, it's really good. It has a lot of that, it has a lot of stuff that I really wanted in a movie. And you know, you know you 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 just come out at the end of it like you know happy. You end up being a better person at the end of it. So uh, I really cannot recommend it even higher than the other stuff I recommended because like those that stuff right there is just incredible and yeah that's it for my top three of 2023 uh, 2022 you're um so yeah that that ends that ends our 2022 right there this is our final episode of the year any final thoughts anything else you want to bring up mm-hmm. before we leave uh not really um there is one other tiny little thing real quick that i think you kind of forgot though um is there anything upcoming in 2023 that we're looking forward to though in the new year it's kind of difficult it's kind of difficult for me because, like, like we've seen a lot of these movies and stuff like that. But if there's one thing I'm looking forward to is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, especially after watching this trailer. Okay. There is one thing, and you reminded me about this recently, and I'll bring it up here again. The Dead Space uh, remake is coming. Yeah, there's something else too. Mm-hmm. There's something so else too. But like, just... will, will you finish up your thoughts on Dead mm-hmm. Space. I am just curious to see where this goes because. It is nice to see this series come back from uh, a state of dormancy or death after mm-hmm. EA killed it once. So, yeah, really simple. Even though I don't have access to it with a PlayStation 5 and all that stuff really yet, because I need to get one of those first to begin with. But yeah, because it's nice to see it back, and then if they do that, it makes you wonder. After that, will they do a remake of maybe, say, any other ones, like, say, two, and then maybe branch off after that? Because Dead Space 3 was always in this weird vortex of not being 100% liked or appreciated fully. So, yeah, it makes you wonder if they'll continue on that same path of the originals, or they'll deviate a little bit after a certain point in time, if they do this. Let's see, because like, it's all so, a matter yeah. of like, how, much, how, much, how much it sells, but I just want that game to be like, like the thing is, what I, I, like, I have my complaints about the game, but I will give them this much right now. Like, what I like about the game is that it wasn't scary, like, oh, boo! It was like, it's like you know, someone something pops up, and you're like, "Oh, ooh!" and and you're supposed to get scared. Generally, makes you feel like, "Oh my god, this is some fucked up shit." It escalates over time. This fear, like, "What the fuck, man? This is some fucked up shit." The necromorphs are like the most fucked up looking monsters I've ever seen in like in like video games ever, man. It's just like so. Even even more. Even more than some of the Resident yeah, Evil stuff, during, like, and it's funny you mentioned that because, like, my, my another thing I was I, another thing you remind me of was like was Resident Evil Four, but um, 
like even that stuff like even that stuff like never really got to that point where it's like it it just made you feel uneasy like i think the only time that resident evil got uneasy when it turns out like their aesthetics was resident evil uh, Evil revelations one they put where they did these more they did the monster they did the sea monsters Mm. because naturally sea monsters are fucking terrifying fuckers when you get deeper and deeper into the water but but that that sense of the unknown that sense of like everything that's going on with 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 isaac like that and you like encountering these horrific monsters from like outer space there's no one there with you and it's it's just it's like utterly it's like environmentally it's like one of it's a very terrifying very terrifying game and like i really like again like i have my problems maybe i should i I may have to be in a better mindset to play it but i really enjoyed the i really enjoyed the first game i i will give that's yeah i don't i there is, there is that whole divide, and I'll, I'll repeat it again. There is an old divide between the mutated people, or all that by the marker and all that crazy shit, and there's also the straight up, just the straight up alien life forms that are influenced by the marker, basically, or brought to, brought to life or something, or brought to a, a thing by the marker. Because that's what always tends to happen. Because like, no way in hell could some of all these things people become all these various yeah. enemy types, you know, and all that kind of deal. That's the thing in the Dead Space universe, because some of the things, and this is going to touch on that, it's, it's creepy, like, some of them are like these little flesh pieces that try to eat, eat yeah. you on the ground or something. Some of them like these are these little, like, baby things that grow a tentacle out of their back and, like, shriek at you and, like, launch these little spike projectiles at you. Or sometimes there's a dude on the wall who's, like, in a cocoon thing, like, shrieking at you as he tries to Spike you or something? Yeah, the ones that the ones that are crazier, the ones that are like impaled on the wall. It's like you know what you're supposed to do at this point. Like you know, yelling, but like holy shit! Like how the fuck did this happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know those are those yeah cocoon guys. It reminds you of something like almost like straight out of Alien, or yeah, very much does. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, like that's that's when I reminded you of that. I was like, I'm surprised you didn't say it because like I know you love those games. It's like 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 even looking at the even look at this new game, it looks freaking awesome. I cannot wait. I guess that there's a number two that I'm looking forward to. Something I can explain a little bit more further is on Resident Evil 4, the remake. At first, I was like, why are you going to remake this? Why are you <laughs> remaking it? What is arguably one of the best video games ever made? And seeing a lot of stuff recently and like, stuff that's from like the... Seeing all the new things that they did with the game, giving you new combat options without changing really much of the game itself, that kind of got me interested. That got me like... It went from like, okay, why are you remaking this game too? Okay, good. You're not changing the main game itself. You, at least you're putting in some, at least keeping all like majority of the things. You're just giving us a little bit more options to things, and you're putting in stuff from the, the newer games. Those are gonna carry over to this game as well, like the degradation of your of your um for your knife and stuff like that. There's also stuff like you can do like melee stop. You can stop like you can stop stuff with your knife with the melee. Like for example, in the one of the more recent um in one of the more recent like the showcases for Resident Evil Four. The the chainsaw guy, Doctor Bukas. What you can do is you now you can counter Doctor Bukas with your um with, with your knife. I'm like that's really cool, really good. Huh? Instead of like say the original where he would just like go at you and just like yeah, cut off your head off with the chainsaw. Instead of, instead of just instead of just accepting it, it with a properly timed like with a properly timed like like you know counter, you can actually counter that. So like it's so so yeah. and, but the, like I said, after playing like the other games like Resident Evil two and three on 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 PC. It's not really that different from Resident Evil 4. So you're not really changing much at all with this game. So if you're like there really isn't really much like again, like you're not really you're not really like reinventing the wheel, but you're adding more stuff to the wheel. And I really do appreciate that. 
Yeah. Alrighty then. So that thing, that thing, I think that's ended for this episode for 2022. Um, anything you would like to promote, Rob? Uh, not particularly apart from the usual things. Of if you want to find me, Mullerflogger01 on Twitter, and that's it. If you have trouble finding me, look through Saturday Morning Squadron's Twitter or through to connect us via Ramsey's or whatever. Either way, you can find one of us easily enough. Yeah. All right. As for me, of course, I'm a really busy guy. Um, I host the Saint Cosmocast. We've been putting out episodes like crazy because we had a trailer, and then we had like the, and then we had like the not just a trailer, but we also got like that that um. Oh my god, we got the we they got the they found footage of a Saint Seiya show made by Americans that that was supposed to be out in like in like the early nineties. It's insane, and we got to talk a lot about that, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about that as uh, as time goes on, but. Suffice to say, it's been insane. Couple, of, it's been insane for the last couple of weeks. Last couple of weeks for Saint Seiya fans. So you, so we also I'll leave a link to that so you guys can check those. So you can check all those things out about Saint Seiya. Um, I am also going to be hosting a podcast in 2023 called The Salem Moon Says. It's going to be a Salem Moon themed podcast. We were going to do something for like before the end of the year, but unfortunately things just didn't pan out. But hey, we'll, we'll get something out by 2000. We'll, we'll get our first episode out by 2023 for sure. And yeah, like if you want to find out more about what I do about this podcast, again, go to h go to saturdayamsquad.tumblr.com. Again, the address is saturdayamsquad.tumblr.com. Alrighty then, for Rob, I am Ramses, and I will see you all 2023. Bye. Goodbye.